Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. What day it is? Huh? Hump day. Good morning, everyone, and happy Hump Day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It is great to have you with us, Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker, and. This is just a cool day. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And 7, obviously, is important, but not as important as this. As this. The number of the day. Who could ask for more? The number of the day is... Four! Cardinals have a four-game winning streak. How are you guys feeling? Fired up? Fired up? It's nice that it's not for a losing streak when we do the number game. We're excited today. Right? Yeah. How many do the... Let's just check and see how many the... Uh, Washington Nationals, who lost to the Cardinals <laughs> last night, nine yeah. to three, uh, have right. lost in don't, a little... don't don't do that. Oh no no no, 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 no! Don't worry about Things that. are not no, going great no. in that, the nation's that's capital. A, that's a them problem. It is. Yeah, they've lost five in a row, and they're yeah. two and eight in their last ten. But no, this is this is totally a product of the Cardinals being good. They're finally hitting together and pitching together at the same time, and it's really cool to see. It's fabulous. They're starting pitching stellar last night from Jordan Montgomery. That might have been. And he he had a last year in Chicago, but that's his best start of this year, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It definitely felt seven like innings. It. He allowed one run on four hits, struck out six, walked only one, and for the second day in a row, the Cardinals get efficient pitching too. Mm-hmm. Flaherty had thrown ninety nine pitches in his six and a third, and then Montgomery last night goes seven, and the Cardinals are explosive offensively. Second inning, J Dub on board, aka Sam Musial too, I guess, <laughs> uh, and in the second inning. Dylan Carlson decides to unload. Smoke to center. Robles drifting back. Warning track. Wall. Goodbye. Wow. A line drive homer for Dylan Carlson. And the Cardinals strike for two in the second. And as we say here in St. Louis, far 145 feet. It was a bomb. <laughs> that, I, I, I will have to say, not to get too sidetracked, but that threw me off when I moved here. That definitely threw me off. When the first time I heard somebody say that, I was like, wait, what did what? you just What did you just say? Highway far. And then for us to be in a place where we have... Farty far. Farty far and farty. Yeah. You know. I was like, the first time I heard that, I was like, excuse me. What's what was that? Uh, Washington gets lucky and scores a run in the fourth inning. Arenado with a sack fly in the fifth to make it 3-1 Cardinals. The red-hot Wilson Contreras with an RBI double to make it 4-1 in the fifth inning. Then in the sixth inning, our switch-hitting center fielder, next Mickey Mantle, came through again. Swing, fly ball. Crack toward the bullpen. At the wall. It's a 
Uh, Wilson Contreras with another RBI hit. Goldschmidt with a ground out. And the Cardinals were not done. Not only do they have the next Dan Musial, not only do they have the next Mickey Mantle, but they also have the reincarnation of Hannes <laughs> Wagner. The outfield playing on the banks of the Potomac here for the Nationals. The pitch. Fly ball, center. Robles going back. He can't get deep enough. It's a long homer for the young. If you're going to play that deep, go ahead and hit it over their head. The Cardinals have done that three times tonight. Chip with the call on Valley Sports and the Cardinals roll by a score of 9-3. to three. And you don't have to text in and say, hey, he's not Hannes Wagner. He's not Stan Musial. He's not Mickey Mantle. You don't have to text in because they are. <laughs> I don't see any difference whatsoever. <laughs> Switch hitting center fielder that hits bombs. Yeah. All right. A power hitting shortstop that's going to wind up having a baseball card that sells for like $7 billion. That's a lot of money. And then uh, the greatest Cardinal hitter of all time. So... Oh. You got a problem with that? Fair comparison. Yeah. Come at me, Samson. <laughs> good game yesterday, Randy. You said they are uh, clicking on all levels. Wilson Contreras had a good game. We've been waiting for that as well. He he had, went three for four, a couple of RBIs. These are the things when they're playing well, when everyone is is engaged and everyone is being doing their job. This is the, this is this is what we can expect from this team. Jordan Montgomery gave you seven innings. This is that's what we needed from our starting pitching. The last couple of days, you, last couple of days, you've seen it, and you've seen very big wins, very good wins from this team. And the Cardinal offense has kind of found its way now. Edmund at the top of the lineup with a base hit, Goldie with a couple of hits, Contreras, as you mentioned, three for four, his average up to two ten. Jordan Walker with another hit, he's up to three oh three now, and that hitting streak just keeps. He's at thirteen, right? Thirteen, 13 yep. for for J Dub. And then uh, Dylan Carlson with a couple of, well, Mickey Mantle with a couple of home runs. Uh, Paul DeYoung with the the home run. Kisner with a base hit. And then Donnie Baseball, three for five. So the offense is there. Starting pitching is there. Bullpen was terrific. Didn't have to use Jordan Hicks. And now the Cardinals will go for the sweep of the Nationals today. That felt just like a huge game for Dylan Carlson last night. The fact that he was able to lead that 14-hit attack, and he looks so confident and comfortable out there. But... Also, the fact that you're looking at this outfit, we're talking about what is going to work for this group best off defensively, but also what's going to work best for them offensively as well. I do find it really interesting that even when you have Lars Newtbar and Dylan Carlson back, you still have Tommy Edmond as your center fielder. Yeah. That shows how much value they do see in him defensively, but also what he's able to provide offensively right now, too. He gets to the ball, and I wonder... If the Cardinals are thinking ahead to Mason Wynn being their shortstop mm-hmm. and Gorman being their second baseman and wondering, okay, DeYoung's not going to be here. What's our best setup defensively going to be for 2024? I think it's going to be with Wynn at shortstop and Edmund in center. Rather than whatever, whether it's Carlson or whomever in center and Tommy Edmund playing second. Then you have somebody that's not going to be playing. Is it Newt? Is it is it Brendan Donovan? If he Is he still here? I mean, that you got a lot of mm-hmm. good players that are going to need to have an opportunity to play. I just, I have felt like Gorman is your DH. I feel like you can be better up the middle of the infield if if you put Tommy Edmond there and Dylan Carlson in center. But Tommy Edmond is playing extremely well in center field. Yeah. And so for this team right now, where they are, he probably stays in center field. But things may change when, you know, some of the players change. And one quick thing, Brooke, 
Brendan Donovan won the utility player gold glove last year. I don't think the Cardinals' hearts are broken by having Brendan Donovan come off the bench or be a guy that just starts at five different positions. Yeah. No, because he capitalizes with every single opportunity that you give him. The way that he goes out and approaches every single game, every single position, whatever opportunity you give him, you're giving him, pays off so much for him, but also the Cardinals, where it's almost like you have to find a way to get him out there yeah. every single day. I just want to backtrack on something real quick. Are you saying that the Cardinals shouldn't pick up Paul DeYoung's option? I thought you're pretty big on Paul DeYoung over I, there. I love Hannes, but I think you'll get it at, at uh, the deadline on the 31st. I think you'll get a pretty hefty haul. Man, you're going to trade away history and reincarnation. Mm, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. and b- b- expensive baseball cards. Now, I would like all this to be... Sunshine, lollipop. But I can't because last night the Cubs won again. By the way, a guy in Chicago guaranteed that the Cubs are going to win the NL Central, a radio guy. Oh. The Reds win their 10th in a row, 8-6 to six over the Rockies. The Brewers knocked off the Diamondbacks, 7-5. to five. Diamondbacks with the best record in the NL at 44-30. and 30. Uh, So the Cardinals didn't really pick up any ground. The standings remain the same because they're chasing the Reds in the division. Their chance to make the playoffs is going to, going to come within the division, and the Cardinals are still eight back. They're four behind Pittsburgh. Now, all of a sudden, Pittsburgh, a week ago, they were in first place, <laughs> now they're in fourth. And uh, the Cubs are in third, three and a half back. Brewers a half game back of the Cincinnati Reds. Braves play the Reds this weekend. It'll be an interesting series. And the Braves are atop the NL East, and the Diamondbacks, of course, atop the NL West. The Reds are really, really good. Yeah, well, they're, they're really, really uh, they're hot. They're really hot. Oh, yeah, I don't, hot. I don't know if good is. Eh, I mean, I don't know if you want to call them good just yet. I think they're they're playing well. Um, it's crazy that the Cardinals, when this this division is a strange division. When everyone is winning, everyone is winning. Like when when the Cardinals are winning, everyone is winning. When the Cardinals are losing, everyone is losing. So they aren't able to to pick up any games. It's just they're gonna have to stay hot when this when this division decides that they're gonna take a a break for a few for for a week or so so that they can pick up some games. And maybe that's just been the vision all along for the Cardinals where they're yeah. talking about patience. Yeah. They know that. They know that <laughs> teams seem to go on hot stretches like you have the rest of the Reds winning 10 straight. De La Cruz has been exciting to watch and I know a lot of people bring up well his numbers aren't too far off from Jordan Walker that's exciting for the future of mm-hmm. the division as well. Those two continuing to rise and be big stars. The Reds 10 straight you got to give credit yeah. to him for that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's another interesting aspect to this year and the fact that we are, how many games? 74 games in for Miami. Let's see, 74 games in for the Cardinals. Miami right now is the number one wild card in the National League. Skip Schumacher's Marlins. The Giants are the number two wild card in the National League. Name me a superstar on the San Francisco Giants. Name me a superstar on the Miami Marlins. And then the Dodgers are third. Brewers are fourth in the NL wild card. Phillies are fifth. Phillies have some superstars. Uh, the Cubs are sixth in the NL wild card after signing uh, Dansby Swanson this offseason. Padres are seventh in the NL wild card right now. And again, 90 games to go. Still, so still a long way to go. But man, credit to these budget teams that are doing such great work, not only here in the National League, but in the American League. Baltimore is the number one uh, wild card team, Tampa Bay leading their division. And the Angels are, are number three in the wild card, and even though the Angels have Trout, Otani isn't making a ton of money. It's Trout and Rendon, and Rendon doesn't contribute an awful lot, where they're spending their money. If you if you look at the people that are producing for the Angels, it's not the big money guys. Well, it, mm-hmm. it's uh, Trout is, yeah. but he's having an off year. Otani is not a big money guy. Rendon isn't doing much, so the rest of that lineup you haven't really heard of. Big money as in overall contract is $30 yeah. million a year. Is, feels like a lot of money. <laughs> for, oh, for, uh, for Otani. For Otani? Yeah. 
but he's not relatively speaking <laughs> in comparison yeah. to what he should be making yeah, okay. yeah. cuz we've talked about million, it cuz we, I mean, we're we're looking into uh, it in St. Louis right well you don't have the price yeah. Yeah. and we by are. the way Perry Manazian their GM in Anaheim yesterday said that if things are going as they're going right now that they won't trade Otani if they're in the playoff hunt they're not going to trade Otani at the deadline they'll just roll the dice on keeping him and yeah, trade him to the Cardinals five players playoff push. Uh, Perry Artie Moreno any five guys Take them. Take any, any five you want. Any five. Any five But we have to be able to resign Otani. Yes. We Because we won last night. Any five feels dangerous yeah. Yeah. and worries me. It's kind of scary. <laughs> but a, a trade like that's got to hurt. All right. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. It is hump day. It's hump day in June 2023. And that means it's Ask Uncle Randy time. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Hey, questions about love, questions about sports, questions about emotions. We want to hear them. We've been around, and we've got your answers next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. You know, sometimes some people would get offended by some of the questions we get on Ask Uncle Randy. And I got to admit, I do too. No, I'm just getting warmed up. And <laughs> so we're just getting started here. There's no doubt about it. But if I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a <laughs> flamethrower to this place. All right. Uh, so what questions do you have for Ask <laughs> Uncle Randy today? <laughs> I love, I just love, love that ridiculous Audio clip so much. Don't uh, you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Man, that's my favorite. Don't you put that on us. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, my wife and I finished 75 hard tomorrow. First of all, extremely oh, impressive. Congrats. Very impressive. Very nice. yep. What's a good way to reward ourselves? I would say a giant carrot cake. Oh. Uh, uh, do you like red meat? Are you ribeye people? I would get. I, I, here's what you should do. Go to Annie Guns and eat, or Palmano's, and have an exquisite meal. Spend a little bit more than you ordinarily would, and eat to your heart's content, and then start again the next day. Mm. Play for the tie. Start the next day. Start the 75. <laughs> not, not 75 hard, but oh, start, huh? being, start being uh, oh, not healthy, because everything Whoa. at Annie Guns is extro- and at Palmano's is very, very healthy. But just have yourself a meal that you haven't allowed yourself to have for yeah. the last 75 days. Celebrate, enjoy, indulge. One of my favorite places in the world, well, in St. Louis, is Lotta Water Creek. Mm, I love it's, it. The the meals are are for a a big person, they a are. big man. Nice portions. Yep. Yeah. yeah what got, kind of food is it? Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Lotta Water Creek. It is uh, in the, Illinois, the, right? Yep. the The meal be about big as that. Brooke, just whatever you order, oh it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot. Oh, I'm, lo- I'm looking it, at the photos oh, right now. Oh, my lord. You, you should yeah. enjoy. What was the place the same ownership had in North County a few years ago? Remember that? I don't. They Somebody will text in. Same ownership as Lotta Water Creek. They had a place up in North County, mm. and it was delicious. I don't remember what it was called, though. 
Uncle Randy, how do you stay so chipper and upbeat in the morning? I have a hard time getting up feeling awake every morning, and I want to change that. I work manual labor, and I'm 26, but my body feels like it's 86 and hurts when I wake up at uh, wake up in time before I go to sleep. Okay, a couple of things. Number one, I feel bad that your body hurts. Uh, and, and there are natural things you can do to make your body feel better. There are natural supplements that you can take and maybe do some research. Otherwise, Advil is really good. How do I get chipper in the morning? I, I have learned this. It's all upstairs. When I'm in the shower every morning, I choose happiness. Mm. I choose to be happy. I, I, I have, because the Cardinals scored more than six runs yeah. yesterday, I have a 60 cent uh, Diet Dr. Pepper from Mobile on the Run. Thanks, folks. You. Always good to see my my friends Mike and uh, uh, and the gang over at uh, over at uh, Mobile on the Run. But uh, I, it's so mental for me, guys. I just choose happiness and I, I, I choose chipperness. That's what I do, and so I, I try to be that way in every endeavor in life. I like to, I, as Matthew realizes when I get here early, I have a rather dark sense of humor, and I try to laugh. <laughs> What did I say this morning? You can tell. Uh, uh, I don't remember what it was right now. Are we talking about the jerseys? I can't remember what we said this morning. I, I missed this one. Um, I, I got he he, he I, I choked him up. I love it when I have uh, Matthew do spit takes in the morning. I can't remember what it was now. That's the problem. Is I'm yeah. I'm so I'm yeah. terrible you, at remembering you, things you that happen throughout the day. Happens. So, yeah. but sometimes during commercial breaks, you guys will hear some commercials that I, yeah. or some uh, some comments that I probably wouldn't. Well, they probably get me fired if I said them on the air. <laughs> There's a reason Possibly. Anthony. There's a, there's a reason that Randy appreciates Anthony Jeselnik so much. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, uh, I was gonna say to the texter first. First off, kudos to you for for the manual labor job because yes. it is difficult. Yeah, Randy, I, I told you I do a little uh, you know rehabbing on homes, mm -hmm. and I did it for about a month, two months, and it felt worse than training camp. It was that hard. So <laughs> every day, I understand getting up and doing that is tough on your body. I think drinking more water helps and stretching Great helps. Point. If you're if you're drinking a lot of soda, coffee, drink some more water. Add more water to your day. You're going to have to use the bathroom more, but drink more water, stretch a little bit, try to find ways to when you aren't doing your job, to take care of your body, because if you take care of your body, it'll take care of you. That's a, a great point. And by the way, I, I mentioned Advil. Don't overdo it on Advil. Yeah, Don't, I, I'm still working on being a morning person. And you talk about coffees. I have two <laughs> energy-style drinks to get get me I going. Like I have a mocha. You got three cups over there. What do you drink? You got, I, three, you got two cups. I'm a liquids another. person. I, I have a cup of coffee, okay. and then I also have a slim fast high protein that's a mocha cappuccino that has more caffeine in it. <laughs> Water, is that water? water. Okay. Yeah. Great. Oh, I got With electrolytes in it. Talking. Yeah. Dear Uncle Randy, I coached my son's nine under baseball team and we finished the season in third place just a year after going winless. However, my boys were heartbroken that we didn't finish in first. How do I get them to be proud of how well we finished? Well, here's the thing go to the young players and tell them, hey, you improved this season. You as individuals and as a group of players improved this season and point out to them that at their age nine and under that that's what they're looking to do it's great to win everybody loves to win but they what you want to do as a young player is get better and then give them guidelines as to how to get even better so that next year they can win what whatever league they're in and it's cool that the kids are so competitive but it's also Kind of frustrating that nine and under feel like they need to win championships. Well, it's when you are 
You, you want to win. You want to feel it. Yeah, everybody wants to win. So, But I think just explaining to them, more so explaining it to the parents. Once you get the yeah. parents on board to understand that we're still developing, we're still learning, you lost what do you say? Every game the year before, and yep. now you are finished in third. You finished in third, so that that is a better season. So now you give them something to look forward to going into the following season, into the next season. You say, "Hey, we we made this jump going into this season. We expect to be better next season, but we have to work to get better. Don't get lazy. Don't get relaxed. Keep working. Keep getting better every chance you get." Dear Uncle Randy, I'm flying home from Vegas this morning. What Why? is the airplane armrest etiquette? First come, first, first serve. First come, first serve. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> Dang. Totally. First come, snooze, first serve. Yep. Snooze, you lose. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. As a, as a gentleman that is a little bit bigger in seats as I am, uh, it, it, it could be first come, first serve, or it could be I'm bigger than you and you should move your arm. Sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes and you have to play that card, Carrie. Sometimes that's how yeah. life goes. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. not personal. Yeah. But this is my personal yeah. space, and I need all of it. And so. by the way, as an aside, as you fly home from Vegas, if somebody does recline their seat back into your knees, your knees can go right back up into their seat. I hate that. I do, too. I hate it so, uh, so much. Have you, any, everybody in this room done it? Knees to the back of the chair? When somebody I, does. That? I yep. don't. I, I try not to. I try to be respectful on planes. I did that um, when I had the anger issues. The only thing that bothers me is when <laughs> I have my laptop on the tray and then they let the seat back and then it feels like it's gonna break your computer. Then yeah, I, I then like I get that. a little bit bothered. I just yeah, ask. I, like I if I need to do that, which I'm trying to think of when I what I've needed to, I would ask beforehand. Just let it back slowly. And yeah. Then, then you don't have make, that issue. Make sure the person's if when it's a big person it back, behind yeah. you. Then probably quick, not. Quick question: If a kid's kicking the back of your chair, oh, then it's oh, different. And you no, no, ask no, no, the no. parent to, for the kid to stop, but the kid keeps doing it. Are you allowed to yell at the kid? No, you um, yell at the parent. You just I, you'd like turn I around have, and I have, hey, you don't see him kicking this chair. <laughs> oh, well, he say, tell him to stop. He's old you, enough. What if you already did then the kid keeps kicking? You it. keep looking back there. Right. I, I keep glaring. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone from the 618 said, no way, middle seat gets both. What? No, not, if you're there first, happening. if you're there first. Interesting. No middle way. seat gets both. Well, if you're the first to get to it, you just get you immediately sit yep. down and just put your elbows. That is a, that is a <laughs> I, I, I pull the armrests up sometimes, and no one gets it. Yeah, that's a good play too. Yep. <laughs> Here, you have large shoulders, man. What are you doing putting up the armrests? I, I, I I'll, I'll sit there and hold my arms folded like this if I need to, or or keep them yeah, on my lap. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right, let's do one more. Uh, Uncle Rain, I have a serious question for you. I got, I, ha- I coach my son's eight under baseball team. We're really good. We haven't lost in three seasons. Sure. And there's another team that's also pretty good. And after our last game, I noticed that their coach stayed and watched us play our entire game. This guy is scouting us before we play him this Saturday. Should we take it to him or just let the kids have fun as we have been the past three years? Well, the kids will have fun if you take it to them. There you go. Yep. Jesus. So, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, 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 if your team is better, I remember Dick Vermeil telling me one time, just off to the side, but during the 1999 season, uh, it, 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 CD, you you lived this, and Brooke, you, you've seen it in football, but coaches are always paranoid. Yes. And so Vermeil came to me one time, and it was the second time the, the Rams played the 49ers. And he said, you know, I was out watching practice. Vermeil was DV is very, and we're going to talk to Adam Teicher of, uh, of ESPN about an article he has about DV. But DV came up to me one time. I was standing out on the the pad watching practice at Rams Park, and he says, "You know, 
See, Mariucci could be standing where you are, and we'd still beat them on Sunday because mm-hmm. we have more good players. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just doesn't matter how much you scout, <laughs> yeah. right? So it, 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 it doesn't matter how much you know. The other team's going to beat you. It just, it just doesn't matter. The good thing is that mentality continued at Rams Park for, for the next, like, 10 years, right? Well, yeah, the mentality did, just not the execution <laughs> and the quality of players. So that was kind of a bummer. Hey, thanks for your texts. We do appreciate them to Ask Uncle Randy. By the way, have I hope your eight under uh, kids have fun taking it to the opposition. One time in third grade, I had a, uh, when Patrick was playing third grade baseball, when uh, their coach, w- when Patrick's team would win, their coach would light up a victory cigar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're we at the other coach for doing a little scouting. Nothing wrong with that. No, he's like he likes baseball. There's nothing wrong with liking baseball. He just seems like seems like this coach is like angry at him for scouting, yeah. so he's got to take do a little extra. It's I don't like know the guys, what, what analytics he's gonna. Yeah, just have your players play make plays. It's, it's all just have your players make plays, and you're fine. Mm, that's all. It doesn't matter. Doesn't, maybe, maybe. And, and you know what? It's it, either way, whether that coach was showing up or not to you, to watch your game, your kids should have had the desire. Eight, eight and under, they should play the best that they can play, have and fun. you don't have them hold back. Maybe they have hard fun. shift against lefties, and he's that, trying to figure it out. Come on now. That's Carry what I'm worried he's about. Right he's yeah. trying to get ahead of time. time. The, the shortstop on the right side, we're going to yeah. have a problem. <laughs> Maybe make it about what you're saying, mentality thing, saying, wow, they think we're so good that they're trying to scout us out. Get, get that in the kids' heads yeah. of we're so good, people are trying to figure us out. Definitely. That is Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Carrie, Brooke, Randy with... Birdwatch, four bird watches in a row. You might have to stick with this for a while on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. One, two, three, four. Four in a row, so it's not bird droppings today. It's bird watch again. There we go. Brooke, what do you got? There's your little birdie sound. 
there, there's my bird flying, and I'm also waiting for the other bird that typically just likes to watch us as just we do. Just wanders around. Just wanders around when we do our bird watch. My bird watch is Wills Contreras. We've been talking a lot about Wills Contreras and how he needs to perform better offensively. He's been in this slump going into yesterday's game, 15 for 104. He has just not been performing the way in that you need him to. And what was he brought in to do, guys? Hit. Hit. Yep. yep. He was brought in to hit, and you need him to do better. And it was interesting because I told you guys on Monday this past weekend, he had a conversation, a very long three-hour FaceTime with Victor Martinez to get his mind back on track. And I think we're starting to see that pay off for him a little bit. He looks a lot more confident. And look, I know that that comes with winning, right? Everybody looks a lot better when they're winning. The body language amongst the team looks better. But for him to have that big night last night, breaking out of the slump, going three for four with two doubles to break out of that was huge for him and also big for the Cardinals, too. Absolutely. Yeah, he he's um you know he's been needing a day like that. He had a couple of really good hits, hit the ball the other way. That's the Wills Contreras that I think he expects himself to be that the Cardinals signed him to be, and you know just just doing the things that he was hired to do. And I, when you watch him, he's at we're watching the game right now on replay. When you watching him at at oh, the plate, that's and, creepy, uh, right? <laughs> he's literally up on TV right now. When you're watching him at the plate, and when he does get a hit. It's kind of just a deep breath for him, like, oh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying so hard. I'm working so hard. But when you're finally getting things to go in the right way, it just feels a little bit better. It feels a little bit easier for you. And I think the game will start to slow down just a little bit more for him. I think so. Yeah. And it's uh, hopefully the Victor Martinez conversation solved all the problems. Three-hour conversation with somebody should solve some problems. You would hope. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with just the, the lineup in general, specifically the two through five hitters. Um, this last couple of games, they got they scored eight eight runs, eight runs, nine runs last night. The first game of the, of the four-game stretch, they, they scored five. But just the ability to have the timely hitting. These guys have done a fantastic job. You're seeing it from, from everyone. Arnado was the one he went over yesterday. The, a couple of days ago, uh, Newbar went. Got one. He got went over. But other than that, the two, the two, three, four, and five hitters are doing a fantastic job in the middle of that lineup. And those are the guys that you expected. The meat of the lineup, the meat of the order. Those are the guys that you expected to have yeah. to perform at the level that they are performing at. And if they are doing their job, you're getting quality starts from the pitchers. You can expect this team to have success. If they aren't doing that, I don't know what Randy and yeah. Rock are sharing. Oh, I think I think we're about to if get into. If they aren't having the success at the at the plate, oh, uh, okay. If they aren't having the success at the plate, um, then you can just expect this team to, to struggle, and they have. But these last few games, they've shown both sides, the pitching and the hitting, and that's what they need to have tied together. For this team to be successful, they need to be a top five offense. Yes. They need to be that. And they need to be able to outslug opponents. And they need to have the timely hitting, as we talked about, being able to capitalize in runners and score position. And look, we know it's the Nationals. Not a great team. But at the same time, we've been asking for this team to capitalize with runners and score position, which they've been able to do so far in this series. You've also been able to see them display their power which we know they're very capable of doing. It's something that it looks like they're making a very big priority moving forward. And we've we talked yesterday about the possibility of the Big Four. If Gorman ever gets going again, and you have Contreras yeah. with your big boys, and then the emergence of Walker and um, and the rest of the gang, Brendan Donovan hitting as well as he has, you really have something. 
All right, guys, you guys know what Dylan Carlson does in his spare oh time? Yeah, I do not. Produces what? a fast lane. Oh, where is he? Yeah. I thought that was Andrew Marsh. It kind of is. Well, they, you think. I think favor? The problem is there's still just so much Miles Michaelis and Marshy. It looks oh, yeah, kind of like, 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 it's kinda like a weird right, combination mustache, now yeah. of Carlson and Michaelis. Yeah. Since Dylan Carlson came back from the injured list, now it's only 39 plate appearances, but he's hitting 300 with a 462 on base, a 633 slug, a 1.095 OPS, three homers, seven RBIs. He also has a double in those 10 games that he's played. Dylan Carlson's always been a very talented and smart baseball player. Has very good skills. His dad's a coach. He understands the fundamentals of the game. He has been hampered, obviously, by injury. But we do have a tendency to forget that he's playing in his age 24 season. And I've talked before about how when... Aaron Judge was 24. He was still in the minor leagues. Jordan Alvarez was still in the minor leagues. Austin Riley was a rookie when he was 24. So Dylan Carlson is essentially playing at a level that those guys, in terms of being at the major league level, playing at a level that those guys weren't at and maybe should have spent more time at the minor league level. Dylan Carlson is a guy, and he's not going to have, a, I don't think, a Paul Goldschmidt-esque 1,000 OPS. But if Dylan Carlson is a guy that has an 850 OPS and plays the outfield like he's capable of, he's a good defensive outfielder, I think the Cardinals really have something. And oh, by the way, just to uh, clarify something, earlier I made the ill-fated comparison of Dylan Carlson to (laughs) Mickey Mantle. And the reason that it was an ill-fated comparison (laughs) is because Mickey Mantle, when he was 24, was a little bit different than Dylan Carlson or any other 24-year-old player. Now, both of them played in their age 20 seasons. In Mickey Mantle's age 24 season, he led the American League with 132 runs, led the American League with 52 homers, led the American League with 130 RBIs, hit a league leading 353 with a 705 slug, led the league, 1.169 OPS, led the league, 210 OPS plus, led the league, 376 total bases, led the league, and was first in the MVP voting. I don't think Dylan Carlson's going to be there, so that's why it was an ill-fated comparison. A little bit off. Yeah. Those numbers are... He's asking for a lot. Yeah, so I'll have to find somebody else. Okay. Well, well, he's not playing in the American League. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Switch hitting outfielder, though. I'll give him that. Uh. Well, you hope with Dylan Carlson, too, that last season was more of an outlier because he was dealing with an injury. Yeah. And they remember, Brooke, they brought him back without... They sent him to Memphis for a rehab uh, in a shocking development. Tyler O'Neill got hurt, and they brought Carlson back without even playing a rehab game. So he played September with a bad wrist. He yeah. played most of the season. He didn't tell him about it. Played most of the season with a bad yes. wrist. Goes down, finally gets healthy, and then wasn't 100%, had not had a rehab when they brought him back in September. I'm willing to throw last year out and look more at the year before where he was third in National League Rookie of the Year voting. Now, I don't know if he's going to ever live up to those standards that we expected of him to be, well, if you look at that particular season. I, I, I would like to think that Carlson could be a guy that over the course of a season has, uh, let's see, third... I think he can be better than a 780 OPS. He hit 266, had a 780 OPS that year, 18 homers, 65 RBIs. I would like him to get a little better than that, but I can live with what Dil- Dylan Carlson brings to the table. Are you, 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 he's your everyday, is he an everyday outfielder? Yes. For you? Yeah. For, he is. On this roster. Especially now that he's hitting left handed. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, he, which means that you have Edmund Carlson Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. That would be your three, and then Newt. 
would have to be your fourth outfielder. And the organization, this is not just Ollie, but organizationally, they're going to have to be creative enough to get Newt Bar his at-bats right. too. Because you don't, if, if you have a tough right-handed pitcher, you play Newt Bar rather mm-hmm. than Carlson because of Carlson's deficiencies hitting left-handed. Tommy Edmond, can't, he, Tommy Edmond weighs 180 pounds. He can't play every single day in center field, and you don't want to expose Jordan Walker to some of the really, really tough pitchers. So you should be able to get Newt enough at-bats so that everybody is getting their their little bit of sugar. And that's how it looks like they're going to approach it, because Ali Marmal was talking about that last night, about how it's going to be important for them to not only look at matchups when it when it's when they're looking at playing around with this outfield, but also making sure these guys stay fresh and giving them opportunities. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, Carlson's still only hitting 218 with a 694 OPS against right-handers this year. So he's... The- He's getting better because he got off to a horrific start, but he's still not there as a real switch hitter. Do you think he turns around and just hits right-handed at some point? No, I, because I, I don't have the numbers. I'd have to find him. I think since he came back, his numbers against right-handed pitchers been, are substantially better. better. Yeah. He, the light might be coming on for this guy at the age of 24. I hope so. I hope so, too. Against left-handed pitchers, 302 average, 840 slug. Yeah, he's he's a stud batting right-handed. But we need more lefty pitchers to pitch against the Cardinals. <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, that's Brooke. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, and that was our bird watch. Coming up, we've got Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That number, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. We want your text for Tioli next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. It is time for Tioli here on 101 ESPN. And uh, we've got Brooke, we've got Carrie, we've got Randy, we've got Matthew, we've got you with a text to 314 399 9646. 314 399 Yo ho! Uh oh, CD. Uh oh, CD. I apologize. Okay. Dennis Rodman claims that his father had 16 wives and 29 kids. Take it or leave it, the GOAT Michael Jordan, Rodman's former teammate, has nothing on the GOAT Dennis Rodman's dad. <laughs> I take it. <laughs> 16 <laughs> wives and 29 kids. That's prolific. That is, that is a whole lot. There should be like a there should be a stopping point where it's illegal to have that many wives. I've been around, you know. Clearly. <laughs> has been. Um, the NBA draft is approaching. 16 wives, CD. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. There's a lot of people. That's a, that's lot. a lot. That's a lot of... <laughs> I think after five, yeah, you that's, should that's, be done. Yeah, right? Unless you're Mormon. Or one. Yeah. One. Well, we're talking about you've actually went through, proposed, right, married right, somebody, right. divorced. Yeah. Proposed, married, divorced. Oh, I don't know five, about that. I thought he meant 16 at the same it time. Very good. Wait, Mormon. no. Do they mean 16 at the same time? Yeah. Oh, his father no, married illegally. 16 wives. Illegal. Uh, it depends on where you're from. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't he think you uh, can do that. It depends <laughs> on where you're from. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought I automatically went to at one time. No. 
That sounds like too much either way. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> at some point. You uh, got to just say. Somebody said giving Nick Cannon a run. By yeah. the way, that's wild. Nick Cannon does have a lot of kids. He has a bunch of children. I mean, good for him, I guess. Didn't he wind up having uh, two women have babies like on the same day? Yeah. yeah. He's it not, is. and he's not they exactly with them. He <laughs> just wants to produce a lot of children well, in the world. I mean, he's, you know. To each his own, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah. So NBA draft is tomorrow. Victor Wembanyama is is supposed to go number one overall to the San Antonio Spurs. Take it or leave it. They don't win a championship with him on their roster. I'm going to leave that. I think Pops is coaching until he's 100. He's going to have to. That roster needs a lot. It's bad. <laughs> one guy, even at seven, whatever he is, three. Not going to be enough. How long did it take LeBron to get to a finals of 03, 04, 05, 06? Did he, was his first to a finals 07? Yeah, 07 or 09. So? Yeah, I can't remember. It was either 07 or 09. I can't remember. Okay. Uh, so 07 versus the Spurs, I believe. That might okay. be. That sounds yep. right. Yeah. So. Yeah, four yeah, years, five yeah. years. I, th- I think they can build the roster. People want to go and play. Even though it was difficult to get guys to go to San Antonio, I think people will want to play with this kid. Hmm. Brooke. Take it or leave it. Oh, what did you he almost, go? No, he almost, he almost, almost he almost, no, I, was, I was waiting for Brooke. <laughs> were you about to go? No, I he was waiting for you. He was not, Brooke. Okay. You, you were, you I were thought up. you would, I thought you wanted to chime in on something. <laughs> Take it or leave it. The Cardinals will capitalize on Jordan Hicks and his possible high trade value. That's I'm gonna a leave great it. one. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave, leave it. it. I, maybe I'm trying to segue into our next segment. Yeah, I see what you did there. I'm going to take it. I'm going to leave it. it. You've been looking for a closer. Ryan Helsley is injured. Gallegos has uh, had kind of an up and down type of year. Not up and down, but just not in the moments where he's had opportunities. Not always shut the door. So if you got a guy that throws 104 miles per hour and can close the door on the opposing team, I'd rather have that guy on our team than have to face that. Here's the thing. He's going to be a free agent after this year. The Cardinals do have the aforementioned injured Helsley, who was the best reliever in baseball last year. They have Gallegos, and the biggest part of this is that they have Tink Hentz in A-ball. Jordan Hicks came from A-ball right to the major leagues. I would not be surprised if Tink Hentz was in the Cardinal bullpen and found himself closing Next year, mm. and he's next another hundred hundred mile an hour guy. Did we have Alexa that we, Alexa that said it yesterday talking about Tommy Edmond watching Jordan Hicks throw the ball from center field, the movement on it. I, I mean, that's coming oh. from that's a long way away. How how hard is it when you're at the batter's box in the batter's box and that pitch is coming at you? That's extraordinarily miles difficult. Yeah. Think about though what the Yankees got, and it's might be apples and oranges, but what the Yankees got for Aroldis Chapman when they moved him to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And they got Glaber Torres, who was the number one prospect for the Cubs. I think they got four guys the Yankees did. What did the Cubs team. do that year? They won the World okay. Series. So, And that's what you're looking for. If you're the Cardinals, <laughs> you get to July 31st and you're out of it. Unless you are positive that you can sign Jordan Hicks, I would absolutely consider moving him. All right, Matthew, what do we got? Take it or leave it. DC should quit trying to be a switch hitter and just bat righty against everyone. Plenty, oh, of, guys, plenty of guys do it. Yeah, I, I'm uh, gonna leave that. Think if you're, uh, I'm, I'm gonna leave it as well. I'm gonna leave it. I think it just takes some time. He's he's 24. There's time. Uh, take it or leave it. Last week was the 40th anniversary of the Cubs trading Keith Hernandez. We talked about that. Would the Cardinals, Cardinals have won another World Series if he had stayed? Um, 
That's a very good question. Can I, I throw another? Don't think that Keith would have been any better than Jack Clark. Oh. Hmm. Because the Cardinals needed that slugger, George Hendrick had diminished as a slugger. The Cardinals didn't have another slugger that they needed in the middle of the lineup. And so Keith would have been great as a number three hitter. He was obviously a great first baseman. But for that particular unit, they needed a guy that hit extra base hits, and Jack did that. Take it or leave it. Arise hitting 400 will be a bigger accomplishment than what Judge did last year. Leave it. Uh, uh, Who? Who, Max? Who, Max Kellerman? Uh, Arise. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes. Louis Arise. Uh, if he winds up hitting 400, that will be one of the great accomplishments in the history of baseball, and it will eclipse what Judge did last year. I'm going to leave it. Hmm. I don't think people care. I don't. I mean, people. Yeah, the, the base, they had a baseball commercial. Chicks dig the long ball yeah, years ago. Yeah, like they, they, they. No one cares about someone hitting singles. Hell, baseball don't even care about people hitting singles. Well, if they did, they wouldn't tell people they need to change their launch angle. We haven't had a uh, 400 hitter since what 1941. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't think it will be as much fanfare as it was for Oh, if, if a guy's going down the stretch hitting 400, yeah. If, if, if Rise is hitting 400 in September, you won't be able to get away oh, from it. It'll would, be unbelievable. That would be a huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, that'll, that will lead SportsCenter. What did Luis Arise do tonight? Take it or leave it. The Cardinals pick up Paul DeYoung's option. Everyone on the Cardinals infield except Arenado is made available for trade to acquire pitching for 2024. No chance. That is chaotic, leave and it. I love <laughs> it, but me? I'm going to leave it. Yeah. No. I love chaos. I The the picking up Paul DeYoung's option is interesting to me. Can't do it. I, I just don't see that happening. No. No chance. Not with not with Mason Wynn. It's $12 million yeah. bucks. And And you got the, the future at shortstop. In the minors, that, yeah. that wouldn't. That's not going to happen. No. I, I don't think it would happen. You are yeah. correct. <laughs> be intriguing take, if it did. Yeah. Take it or leave it. After last season, after last, yeah, after the Blues' rough season last year, the Cardinals' similar woes have St. Louis fans distraught. Oh, take that! This is this is, Randy. I, I mean, this has probably been as close to a nightmare as St. Louis fans can get, right? The Blues oh, yeah. don't do well. You don't have the Rams here, so that's yeah. you know no football season to do it. Then the Cardinals come out. Like, you know how excited people were for Blues season to just be over so they can get right to the Cardinals? A lot of people. And then the Cardinals come out and perform how they've performed to start this season. Thank it's, God for SC, right? What, <laughs> well, I mean, what curse has happened? Thank you for saying but also how did, we they, got, how, how did that last game go? Hey! I'm just saying. Also, that, hey, hey, you, you guys are forgetting about the, the Battlehawks snub oh, as well. We did forget about the Battlehawks. They, they, they didn't get snubbed from the playoffs. You're right. Yeah. Uh, take it or leave it. Brooks Rara speech in a southern accent last week worked. That, I, guess. Take it. I guess. Or you just play against the Mets and Nationals. That helps. helps. It's always a good thing. The Mets should be much better. I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> take it or leave it. Tyler O'Neill for Chris Sale. Leave Ooh, it. I like it. No, I love no, that. Hell no. That would be fantastic. One injury. No, hell no. No. What Come are on. you getting? Why not? Chris Sale is a guy that cut up everybody's jerseys in a clubhouse one time. Didn't he also slip and hurt his back yeah, on a... Yeah, it's chaos. How long ago did you do that? Yeah, about a week back. Okay. No. <laughs> no. 
one. We want to just trade How one back off the field injuries that, that Chris Sale oh, had. Wasn't it a couple? Spe- he's spectacular, yeah. He, he, yeah no, I'm okay. That sounds I mean, chaotic. Think about it this way. If one of them gets healthy, which one do you need more, carry an outfielder or a pitcher? Oh, which one is going to get healthy first? I don't see how that's relevant to the question. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of, of the chaos. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, here we are at the end of June. We're about a month away from the MLB trade deadline, month and a week. Who are the Cardinal untouchables, and who would you trade, and what are your prerequisites for buying or selling on July 31st? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Swing, fly ball, crack toward the bullpen, at the wall, it's a two-homer game. In the air to center, Edmund dives and comes up with a great catch. Here it is from Hicks. He got him three days in a row. Jordan Hicks seals the deal for the Cardinals. Those calls from our buddy Chip Carey on Bally Sports. It's 8.02 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And we are 40 days away from baseball's trade deadline. So we're going to talk about who we would trade, who we would not trade at the deadline. And by the way, we can all agree, Brooke, Carey, Matthew, that Walker... Contreras, because of his contract situation. Mm-hmm. Goldie, Arenado, and Wayno, they aren't going anywhere, right? We aren't trading those Absolutely guys. Absolutely correct. Okay, so we can agree on that. Let's set our second set of parameters. What does the situation have to be for you to either buy or sell if you're Mo? To me, if you're within five games, you are a team that is it's reasonable to buy. But if you're eight and a half, nine games out, then I think you're looking at selling. And you're kind of in the on the periphery. If, if you're six, seven, eight games out, then it's a little bit different. So five, I'm buying. Nine, I'm selling. I'm going to have to make that decision uh, with anything in between. I, I agree with that. And, and I guess the question would be is if you're buying or selling, are you looking kind of for similar, the same people that are going to be moved along, moved from here to a different place. If you're selling, you're looking for some some prospects and some people that can help you in the long run. If you're buying, you're trying to get it done right now because you feel like there's a, a push for you all to be successful mm-hmm. this season. Um, so I, I think that this is going to be intriguing to see how, how all of us think wh- who will be here and who won't be here. Well, and you have players in their walk years, too, that – are you going to try to get some value out of them? Jack Flaherty is a part of that. Jordan Montgomery as well. I, I think, are we all in agreement that there's no way that both of those guys are still going to be here for next season? I agree with that. Yes. It's going to be one or the other. I think so. And Jordan Montgomery being a Scott Boris client, we know he's not going to talk until the end of the season. Does that mean that they're going to look at Jack Flaherty? I would say that... As a piece you might move, may not move. That the next 40 days are going to determine that for me. Mm -hmm. Next 30 days. And then if we get to July 21st and Flaherty is hot, I I will go to him and say, okay, let's talk about a reasonable contract. Is he going to get what he wanted when this all started? When when 
uh, Garrett Cole signed for 324 over nine with the Yankees? No, there's no chance that Jack Flaherty gets that. But do you give Flaherty 33 over three based on his injury history? Steven Matz is making 11 a year. Maybe even go 12 a year because he's better at his best. Flaherty has been better than Matz has. So do you go 36 over three for a guy like Flaherty? And if he doesn't take it, then you move him. See, I think you're looking yeah, it's 15 to 18 a year for Flaherty. I think that's where where he'll he'll be. I don't think twelve is is even a number that is in his in probably his, not in his, in his thought at this moment. Just and to your point, Brooke, I do think that there it'll be tough for both of those guys to be back. As you said, they're both free agents at the end of the yep. year, seeing where uh, if they fit in on this team or if they fit somewhere else on a different team. When we were talking about untouchables, we had a list of guys that we thought could be moved yes. for. Whatever reason. So you got and, and okay, go ahead. Yep, you got Hicks, you got Edmund, you got Newt, Brendan Donovan, Dylan Carlson, Jordan Montgomery, and Jack Flaherty. And DeYoung? And and DeYoung, yes, I forgot about him. So for me, out of that group, the one person that I think is untouchable in that group would be Jordan Hicks. And my reason for that is when you look at that list of names, Hicks is the most talented of all of them at his position. You don't trade away a young, talented player. Young, number one, and extremely talented and and just starting to figure it out because the worst thing that can happen is you trade them somewhere else and then you got to face them down the line. Mm-hmm. And then you get a situation where, as you just said, with Aroldis Chapman, he goes and wins a World Series for the Cubs now. He came back. But this is a, a situation where you got a flamethrower, a guy that is on this list of players, he is the most talented out of all of them. Based on his position, if you based on all of their positions, so that's not a guy that I could see being traded. Any of the other seven, six or seven guys that are on that list, I, I wouldn't be surprised because it's business. Mm-hmm. But Jordan Hicks would be my one person that I think is untouchable on this current roster. Let me add an aside here. We all agree that Tyler O'Neill has no trade value, and so if we no, look to the thirty yeah. first of July, you might think, well, why don't you? Why aren't you talking O'Neill? Because no other GM in his right mind is going to no. trade for O'Neill at this point. We're looking at this as pieces that you can get yes. back. You're in a certain position, especially if you're just five games away. This division seems like you could run away with it as well. You're looking at pieces that you could add that could help you at that point and also help you next season as well. All right. In terms of people that are untouchable for me, if I if I have to add, have an untouchable on this list, tell me if I miss anybody here. I'll, I'm going to run down this list again. Edmund, DeYoung, Newt, Carlson, Flaherty, Montgomery, and Hicks. Those are the guys on our list? Yep. Did you, you add Donovan? Oh, Donovan. Donovan. Baseball. Do, do, that's the only guy that I'm... He's absolutely keeping, yeah, and and because he's a, just such a valuable commodity because of his versatility. It's not because of his greatness; it's because of his versatility. Edmund is two years away from being a a free agent. Now, Tommy, you have two years of control. His offense has been bad. Mm-hmm. His you uh, can't sugarcoat it. His defense has been great wherever he's played, but his offense has been bad. And so, if I get Reasonable value, prospect value for him, I, I can move him. DeYoung, we will we'll all be willing to move. Uh, I, I love Newt, and if I'm going to pick one, Newt might be the guy. If I have to keep a, another guy, Newt might be the guy. I'll move Carlson, because I still think there's enough respect around baseball for Dylan Carlson. The Yankees would give up a lot to get Dylan Carlson on their roster. A lot. Well, it was what I asked yesterday. Do you think that, it, remember the conversation last year was Dylan Carlson, when that name came up, it's not somebody that you would look at trading away. For Do you Juan think Soto. that's changed? Do you think that's changed this year? 
it almost has to with the advent of Bedman in center field. Because now you're looking at an outfield that doesn't include Carlson, where you've got Walker, Edmund, uh, Newt, and sometimes Donovan. So I, I think that you have to take a, a look at that. I'll move Flaherty. I'll move Montgomery. And I know that I need to go get pitchers next year, but I, I'll, I'll go get different pitchers. And I, if Jordan Hicks is asking me for a Kenley Jansen five-year, $90 million contract, I can't go there. So I would be willing to move Hicks unless I can get him at a rate that I find reasonable, which it would be similar, probably a little bit more than the contract I gave Gallegos last year. But I'm not going to sign Jordan Hicks, especially with the injury history and the inconsistency. I'm not going to sign him to an $8 million a year, five-year contract. Mm. Let it be 40 over five. They, they just strike when the iron's hot Yeah, with yep. the trade value. All right, so uh, Brooks. Mine... It's interesting that you pick Brendan Donovan because I feel like it could go one way or the other. With Tommy Edmond and Brendan Donovan, it will be one of those two. If they are looking at some complimentary pieces or to get some value out of the guys. But with the value that I feel like Ali Marmol and the Cardinals in general, they see in Tommy Edmond, I see him as being the untouchable. The only thing working against him is the team control, which you mentioned as well. Is it through 2025? Yes. So that is very appealing to other teams. And I get that. Tommy Edmond, though, I don't think it's a coincidence that he is still your center fielder, even with the return of Dylan Carlson and Lars Newtbar. Also, we had Alexa Dad on yesterday, who was around this team day in, day out, talking to Ali Marmal, and this is what she had to say about Tommy Edmond's value. When you put somebody who is athletic and has those instincts that a center fielder just naturally has, uh, and it turns out the way that Tommy Edmond worked out, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, anytime you talk to Ali, he is so certain that Tommy Edmond is capable of doing that job above and beyond, well, I think, what anyone's expectations were, and we had high expectations. It's really nice to hear him confidently talk about the fact that the outfield defense is solidified. Also playing into this, I'm seeing them moving Paul DeYoung. So mm-hmm. you keep Tommy Edmond around. Mason Wynn comes up as mm-hmm. he gets more acclimated to the role. You have Tommy Edmond there with his versatility to play it short, also outfield if you need him, as Mason Wynn starts to get ready to take over that role in the long run. That would be very interesting. It'd be uh, to have him. Who would have thought that you would be talking about Edmund as your long-term center field option, <laughs> right? Who would have thought of that? But that's that's what we're talking about right now. But you uh, also have him as is it possible shortstop? Yeah, as well. Wynn's going to be here, so second yeah. base. But getting him acclimated. Yeah, yeah. I see. Like I said, I, as much as I love Tommy Edmund, I think he's done a fantastic job. I think it's been more out of necessity him playing center field than, you know, something that they really chose to do. And it's because of what's going on in the infield and because of the injuries that they had in the outfield. I think if if and when, well, when Mason Wynn gets here and Paul DeYoung is no longer your starting shortstop, you, I, I just feel that you're going to put Tommy Edmond back into the infield and Dylan Carlson is going to be your everyday center fielder. By the way, I'll make a prediction right now. The guy that brings the biggest haul to the Cardinals, if they sell and they're moving pieces on or before July 31st, the guy that brings the biggest haul to them is Jordan Montgomery. Hmm. A big left-hander who's been victimized by bad run support this year. The the really tough thing to get at this trade deadline is going to be starting pitching. There's not going to be the wealth of starting pitching that was there last year. So... 
I'm saying that uh, you don't have any Luis Castillos running around. So I'm going to say Montgomery is the guy that brings the Cardinals the biggest haul. There's one name we left off, and I don't know if it was intentional, but what about Nolan Gorman? Is he untouchable? I think he's still untouchable. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because I if, if he's not, then I think he would bring the yes. biggest haul. 40 home run potential? Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. A lot that has changed my mind about Tommy Edmond being the center fielder right now for the Cardinals and why they're so high on him is Ollie Marmol. Ollie, when we went and talked to him that last Friday when they were in town, he is very, very high on Tommy Edmond. This is a decision that he made and is very, very comfortable with, and it has been paying off for him. Did he really make it? (laughs) He says, look, I'm going to take his word for it. I'm going to take his word for it. Uh, and the front office as well. Real quick, just before we go, there's a lot of people texting in about why we would be so eager to move Paul DeYoung. Well, his contract is up. The Cardinals aren't going to pick up the option after this season. They do have Mason Wynn in the minors. He'll probably be here in 2024. And the fact of the matter is, is that while Young is very DeYoung is very proficient defensively, he's a roller coaster ride offensively, and he's got talent. But the talent doesn't show itself on a consistent enough basis for him to be your shortstop at nine million a year, let alone the twelve million a year that he would be due next year if you pick up the option. I agree. And he'll likely, if he's with the Cardinals, be a backup player next year. That is today's fresh take here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk some city with a past match and studio MLS season pass match and studio analyst Kalen Carr. Next on 101 ESPN. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the only way City knows how to play. Oh, that's completely given away. And it's an equalizer. In a word, chaos. Oh, it's a giveaway to Klaus. He clips it over down City SC on the opening drive in our weekly segment we like to call Controlled Chaos. Brought to you by Keystone Event Staffing. Better people mean better events. St. Louis City SC halfway through their inaugural season and they are atop the Western Conference in MLS and they have the rare weeknight game tonight. They take on Real Salt Lake at City Park 730 with the kickoff and of course you can see the game on Apple TV and the MLS season pass and Kalen Carr is a match and studio analyst for those outlets and join us now, joins us now on the Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Kalen with Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis. This is Randy Carricker. Thanks so much for the time. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Awesome to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on. We're excited to have you with us. Man, this season is flying by. It's amazing that we're already halfway through. God, it's amazing. And, you know, I really do think St. Louis City has been the story of the season to this point. And uh, it's just been fantastic to watch a a city with so much history, of course, and soccer. But to see it all come together now in City Park and I just haven't been there myself to witness it in person, but it has been incredible to watch on TV so far. Well, City SC was dealt a major blow with the news this week that Jao Klaus will be out four more weeks and then Leuven four to six weeks. How does City SC move forward without those two big pieces? It's difficult. Uh, I've been impressed, though, to say without Jao Klaus, he's been out for quite a while now. Um, The way the team has been able to kind of withstand that. Um, just because he was so important, seemed so such a big figure for them in the beginning of the season with that incredible start they had. But I think Bradley Carnell has set up the team in a really good way to be able to account for some of those absences. The problem is they're just starting to pile up now and move in for me as a big one missing out. But I think uh, you look around the line and you say maybe Joe Keeney has been really good for him, especially as of late. I think four goals 
seven on the season, but I think four in his last six. So uh, I think maybe a little bit more pressure will fall on him. But I think the style of play and the way the team is able to apply pressure, especially will continue to give them a chance and, and try to hold on until those guys get back. So City has lost, well, they've been winless in three of their last games. Are you, is there any concern with the injuries that are piling up uh, that this can continue? Or, or do you feel like they'll be able to, as you said, get some players to get them going in the right direction? I, I think it is a concern for sure, especially when you think of the congested schedule. You have the midweek game now. Um, things are going to continue to come thick and fast for this team for a while. Then you've got the League's Cup coming, so... Uh, I think for especially for an expansion team that maybe hasn't had to go through this together as a group as of yet, there's a, a steep learning curve. But I would say the way the roster has been constructed, um, a lot of the players that they've found and have found their uh, form within the game. I, I really like Vasilev as well. I think he's been a really great addition for them. So um, I have a number of pieces. But, yeah, I would say anytime you have two of your top players injured um that's that's got to be a concern Kaylin, one of the concerns i had with the the way that they played the style that they played the pressing style as we got later on in the season fatigue starting to set in and now you're starting to see some injuries do you think that uh some of these injuries and, and some of the fatigue is because of their pressing style i don't know it's tough to say especially when you think of like these specific injuries i just don't know enough to to really speak to that level but I, I think the pressing style actually can be very successful when I think of Red Bull, New York, um, probably the the most consistent team that's played that way over the years. They, they've consistently made the playoffs. I think they've made it 11 of the, of the last 11 years, um, which is incredible. So I think it can really um, sustain itself over time if you have the depth and you have a commitment to play that way. Um, I'm not sure if it brings more injuries or not. I think the question mark for me more is, once you get to the playoffs, is that a style that can win in playoffs? Because I think that's a, a, a little bit of a more difficult question. Kalen Carr from MLS Season Pass with us on 101 ESPN. And along those lines, seems like one of the reasons that uh, St. Louis City SC has been able to suppress opponent goals. They've only had two games where they've allowed three goals to the opposition is because of that style where they maintain possession and 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 keep pressing. Without the star offensive players, What's the best way for City to defend and keep the puck out of their own net, or the, the ball think, out of their own net? Yeah, I think you know sticking to that style is definitely going to be a big part of it because you also want to be able to continue that style so when these players do come back into the team, um, it, it kind of just picks up where things left off. But I've been really impressed with that back line. Uh, you think of um, Roman Berkey, of course, just an incredible uh, goalkeeper so far, and, and I think he's – uh, people had sort of questioned, oh, you're going to get a big name, you know, more expensive designated player as a goalkeeper. Uh, that doesn't really generally be the way to do it in Major League Soccer, especially for an expansion team, because there's generally a really good talent available domestically. But he has completely uh, pushed that aside and I think will probably be the uh, all-star goalkeeper this year. He's just been really fantastic. And then um, Tim Parker is a player that I've watched for a long time, both in New York and then I think in Houston as well, where I used to play. Um, but he's really found his form. So you go across the back line and you see all the players that have come in and uh, found success. I, I think there'll be a little bit more pressure on them to try to keep, you know, 
things a little bit tighter, especially during this time where you're missing some math attacking pieces, but they've been fantastic defensively. Kalen, I want to go back to the injuries to Klaus and Leuven, and, and I've been telling them I played football for a while, uh, and Sam, no, you played soccer, and so you, you understand that the quad injury to me, it feels like a more dangerous and, and really a, a unknown injury in comparison to a hamstring or a calf. I told them I would much rather have a calf, uh, a hamstring injury than having that quad injury because it's just, it's the, the unknown when you're dealing with the quad. Yeah, I've, I've had that as well, and it is tricky. You you start to think you're back, and yeah. just when you think you're ready to go, it can kind of sneak up on you again. You just feel that little twinge, and your your heart sinks. So mm-hmm. it, it's one of those that you have to manage. You have to be pretty careful with, and I think especially when you have been out a long time, there's that danger where you want to rush back and come a little bit too early, but then it sets you back even further. So uh, you have to be pretty safe with that one. It is definitely tricky. We've been talking about how much the roster's depth is going to be challenged, but luckily you are getting Blom back. How big of a difference maker is he? Yeah, he's been fantastic, uh, I think, coming back. And I don't think he played a ton of minutes um, on international duty as well, too. It sounds like he was training, but uh, didn't put a lot of, uh, well, miles for sure traveling, but not so much on his legs. So uh, (laughs) I think there's hope that he could be available tonight to at least to play some part, but He's been really good, I think, especially when you think of that pressing style, having somebody to win the ball, uh, spring moments in transition. The thing I like about him is once he wins that ball, he's able to keep possession, find the next pass forward, try to find those uh, playmakers to be able to get out. And um, But, yeah, he, he's been a great addition for, for St. Louis City. Kalen, one more thing. Uh, Real Salt Lake is unbeaten in their last four road matches, so they've picked things up since uh, St. Louis City SC beat them 4-0 back in Salt Lake earlier in the season. Yeah, the defense has gotten much better. I I think it's going to be two different teams um, from when they met earlier in the season. I think in their uh, their first 12 matches, they conceded 17 goals, and then in their last 12, I think they've only conceded maybe around 9 or 10, so uh, defensively, they've gotten much better. They're finding some goals now. Musowski has been able to get, um, I think, three goals in this last little stretch run for them. So they're finding a little bit more goal-scoring prowess than they had in the past. And um, I think they'll be coming in a lot more confident than, than we saw them earlier when these two teams face each other. Hey, Kalen, we love the work that you guys are doing with MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Thanks so much for the time this morning, and enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Uh, Can't wait to watch, and hopefully I'll make it out to St. Louis sometime. I'll I'll hit you guys up if I do. Love it. Thank you very much. That's Kalen Carr from MLS Season Pass and Apple TV. And again, City Tonight, 730 at City Park, and a chance to knock off Real Salt Lake. Coming up, we've got the fight. Do we need a fighter? We need a fighter. fighter. So text in right now to 314-399-9646, 314-399-399. The word fight, and maybe you will fight me here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is Wayne. Wayne, how you doing? Doing good. Doing all right? I, I 
just how old are you, Wayne, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 53. 53. So you, you know about Wayne's world then? I do. All right. Just, yeah. I, 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 when I heard the name, I just, wanted, yeah, Excellent. I just wanted to start singing it. But I'm sure you heard that plenty of times sorry. in your heyday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm eating some Twizzlers right now from my ceiling of my car. There you go. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Despite 24 different Hockey Hall of Famers suiting up for the Blues throughout their storied history, they have only drafted two themselves, Bernie Federko and who else? Grant Fuhrer, Dale Howarchuk, or Doug Gilmore? Uh, Doug Gilmore. Luis, Luis Arise has three five-hit games already this season. Since 1993, only two players have logged four different five-hit games in one season. Ichiro and which early 90s hitter? John Olerud, Jeff Bagwell, Tony Gwynn. Oh, I got to go with Tony Gwynn. Ricky Henderson was a mercurial player, but much loved in Oakland. How many different stints did Henderson have with Oakland? Is it two, three, or four? Uh, take the one in the middle, three. Which current Major League Baseball manager holds the L.A. Dodgers record for walk-off hits with 14? Dave Martinez, David Bell, or Dusty Baker? David Bell. All right, we will double check the scores and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Wayne, how you feeling? Uh, not good. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I understand that. It, it happens sometimes. Are you a lot, uh, of, lot of what? A lot of guessing. A lot of guessing. <laughs> Is there a sport in particular that you were uh, hoping for? Uh, not necessarily. Just ready to go. Well, Randy yeah. walks in with his, uh, what is that, lemon lime propel? Uh, it is uh, kiwi strawberry. Kiwi it's strawberry. least propel. But it was, oh, you, it was there. It was you, like, you like that one the least, but love black cherry. Black cherry's oh, the best. God. Kiwi strawberry is a very it, great flavor combination. It really is. No, not for yeah. propel. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, say hello to Wayne. Wayne, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. Doing good. Good. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. Despite 24 different Hockey Hall of Famers suiting up for the Blues throughout their storied history, they have only drafted two themselves, Bernie Federko and who else? Doug Gilmore. Take very long. <laughs> Luis Arise has three five-hit games already this season. Since 1993, only two players have logged four different five-hit games in one season. Each row and which early 90s hitter? Early 90s hitter. Four five-hit games. Could he have been a late 80s and early 90s hitter, perhaps? Perhaps. Early 90s. I am going... He did going... it in 93, I'll just tell you. Huh? That's why it's since 93. He did oh. it in 93. Okay, I'll go Tony Gwynn. Oh, they're going to get on you, Rock. It could be Gwynn or Boggs, but I'm going Gwynn. When they get on me, they can bite me, too. All right. Oh, oh my gosh. Tell me how you really feel. She's it's 8.37 in the morning, Matthew. My heavens. <laughs> My goodness. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> Ricky Henderson was a mercurial player, but much loved in Oakland. How many different stints did Henderson have with Oakland? Ricky. So I was, uh, did, were you guys on the text thing with our buddy Chris Muir from Golf Discount the other day? Yes. With uh, with Ricky? Yeah, it was good. So BT, BT, BT will 
tell you a great story about how the A's were involved in a union meeting, and the union guy was talking about tenure for baseball players. Mm-hmm. Mentioned the word several times. And Ricky pipes up and says, tenure? Hell, Ricky got 15 years. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that he had three different stints with the athletics. Which current Major League Baseball manager holds the L.A. Dodgers record for walk-off hits with 14? That's a good one. Um, I honestly have no idea. I, uh, the only former Dodger that I can think, well, actually Gabe Kapler, but I don't think he had 14 walk-off hits. And Dusty. Um, so I, I'll do the lifeline. Dave Martinez, David Bell, or Dusty Baker? <laughs> I don't think Dusty and David Bell played for them. I don't think Dave Martinez played for them long enough to have 14 walk-off hits. So I'm going to go with Dusty. Okay. As Brooke tries to put her headphones my, back to my the little, other. My little <laughs> the ear puff. puff. The pad came off, yeah. I call it the ear puff. Ear puff my little ear puff enough. keeps flying off. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys see me working on my headphones every single morning. I need to get some new beats by Dr. Ray. Well, this was a this was a tricky one for not only Brooke but also for Randy and the fighter. It's a close one. Just a one question win today on the fight. Was Wayne good enough to come in on a hump day and bump off Randy, or does Megamind keep rolling on through? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Wayne. That's not Wayne. Wayne, I'm sorry. Randy Carricker just beat you by the skin of his teeth. Three to two today. Thank you for the opportunity. Wayne, thank you for being with us. Let's go through those uh, answers. Number one, Randy got it extremely quickly. One of the quickest answers I've ever heard him have. Despite 24 different Hockey Hall of Famers suiting up for the Blues throughout their storied history, they have only drafted to themselves Bernie Federko and who else? It is, in fact, Doug Gilmore, a seventh-round pick for the Blues. Randy, do you know the one undrafted player who started with the Blues who made it to the Hall of Fame? Undrafted, made it to the Hall of Fame, started with the Blues, um, a lot of his Hall of Fame uh, candidacy comes from his work with the uh, national team, not necessarily his NHL career. Hmm, no, I don't. Joe Mullen. Oh, yeah. Is in the Hockey Hall of Fame and uh, undrafted right, yeah. player who okay. started with, yeah. the, uh, with the Blues. Luisa Rice has three five-hit games already this season. Since 1993, only two players have logged four different five-hit games in one season. Ichiro did it in 2004, and Tony Gwynn did it in 1993. Also, you go all the way back to the 50s, and, of course, Stan, Stan Musial is one of the four players in baseball history since 1900 to do it overall. Ricky Henderson was a mercurial player, but much loved in Oakland. He had four different stints with wow. the Oakland A's, 79-84, to then he goes to the Yankees 89 to 93. He has a little foray with the Padres. Then he's back in Oakland 94 to 95. And then after a couple years away, he's back in Oakland for one more season in 1998. Four different stints. I'm the greatest of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Some points, I I guess Oakland didn't think that. Uh, Which current MLB manager holds the LA Dodgers record for walk-off hits with 14? It is, in fact, Dusty Baker. Obviously winning the World Series with the Dodgers and setting a little record there for the LA-only Dodgers. And a 3-2 win for Randy Carricker. Wayne, so much thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight today. Good job, Wayne. All right. Thank you, guys.
there was a, a story of Ricky Henderson at first base talking to John Olerud yeah. saying, yeah, I, I, you, I played with a guy that used to wear a helmet at first base. And John was like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> so, one time the A's are flying. And Jim Turner, by the way, was a St. Louis-based agent who was Ricky's agent, has just unbelievable stories. One time the A's are flying into Chicago over Lake Michigan. And Ricky says, what ocean is that? He knows they're going to Chicago. <laughs> Ricky. Ricky he can play, though. He can play he's some a, baseball. That's what matters, right? Yeah, well, he was the best leadoff hitter of all time. It's yeah. almost unarguable. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, Adam Teicher of ESPN.com covers the Chiefs, has a great profile on Dick Vermeil, the vintner, the man who makes wine. And Adam will join us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Adam Teicher of ESPN.com has a great piece up about St. Louis's football coach, 86-year-old Dick Vermeil, who now is working in the wine industry. We knew that, but Adam has a great profile of DV in the wine industry and joins us now on the Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Adam Teicher, thanks for your time this morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Everything's great. I want to start with this because, and Dick will, he's told you this, he's told the Chiefs teams that you covered this, he, he tells everybody he loves him, but it's hard to not love Dick Vermeil, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it is. He's such a an open guy and then so willing to give and, uh, you know, it, it was funny. I, I did this story and it just sort of dawned on me. I didn't really think of it in these terms, but he, he, he spread his love of wine to his players, at least with the Chiefs. You know, you, you have so many guys with the Chiefs who played for Dick Vermeil who were somehow involved with wine in one way or another, whether they make it or whether they collect it or, or whether they sell it. So it's uh, it, it, he's kind of um, uh, sort of um, – uh, kind of shared that part of his life with uh, with his players, and a number of them have sort of gone into that uh, that business as well. And it's so interesting, Adam, and you pointed this out in the story, that there's a lot of celebrities, a lot of athletes that lend their name to an alcoholic product. Dick is that rare person that is really boots on the ground with the product. Yeah, he is. You know, he doesn't he, – he lives in uh, Pennsylvania full-time, so it's not like he uh, – um, spends all of his time working the wine business, but he tells me he does something pretty much every day, um, even from Pennsylvania that involves the wine business. Um, you know, he he uh, travels a lot, it's selling wine, speaking to people about wine, and uh, you know that's all part of the deal um, when you're in that business. So yeah, he's not just lending his name. I mean, he he's out there. I was out there last fall in the heart during harvest season. He was out there driving a tractor uh, uh, to collect the grapes. So he was out lending a hand even at 86 years old. So uh, just amazing, really. Adam, obviously the Chiefs coming off of another Super Bowl victory and uh, offseason has had some changes. Eric Bieniemy is no longer there. What will they miss most? I know a lot of people don't assume that he's the play caller, but what will the Chiefs miss most without Eric Bieniemy on that staff? Yeah, you know, he's an attention to detail kind of guy. I mean, he lets nothing slide. And, uh, you know, I've seen him get after players on the practice field for the seemingly the smallest of things. But, um, you know, these things can 
uh, costed the team a game at some point. So uh, always on guys, always uh, after them to, to do things the way they're supposed to be done. And, uh, you know, theoretically the Chiefs can replace that quality, but uh, will they, you know, will there be that attention to detail that's been sort of the, uh, the, the, the hallmark of the Chiefs offensively since he's been there. So uh, yeah, we'll see, uh, but it's going to be inter- going to be interesting. Adam, real quick, just going back to Dick Vermeil and his wine. Did you get to taste the wine? I saw that he has a cab coming out. What is your review of his wine? Yeah, yeah, he makes some good wine. I mean, no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, his um, his uh, Cabernet, his uh, Zinfandel stands up nice to a steak. So, uh, yeah, he, he makes some great wine, and uh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, that was uh, part of the fun of, of going out there for sure. Second question for you, Kadarius Tony. you have an article about him. The Chiefs are really counting on him to have a big season, which you point out in his article. Why do you think that he will have a big season and their next number one wide receiver? Well, the, the Chiefs have liked him uh, going back some years. I mean, they, um, they wanted to pick him in the draft um, when the year he was coming out a couple of years ago, and uh, they didn't have a first-round draft pick that year, and they couldn't maneuver their way back in to get him. But they sort of been stalking him ever since. They they tried to trade for him last off season back in the spring last year. Um, the Giants wouldn't let him go, and uh, so the Chiefs sort of uh, you know they, they they were patient on it. And at the trading deadline, we're finally able to get something done. So they they you know, they they've had this belief in Kadarius Tony that he could be a big time NFL player for a while now. Now I don't know. I mean, I, hey, they they certainly uh, have been right about these things before, but he's had a history of injuries. He's had both of his seasons in the NFL interrupted by injuries, and you just wonder whether he can stay healthy for 17 games or anything close to 17 games. And if he can't, it's hard to see how he can be a, a number one wide receiver. So, but but the Chiefs, uh, you know, d- d- forget about what they say. Just judging them by their actions. I mean, they they didn't go and they, they drafted Rasheed Rice, a wide receiver out of SMU, in the second round. But in terms of bringing in a veteran uh, to to uh, be their number one guy, uh, hey, it could still happen as long as DeAndre Hopkins is still out there. But uh, the Chiefs have really made uh, no effort to this point to uh, to get involved there and uh I'd, I'd be surprised at this point if they did and and that just shows me the uh the faith they have in Kadarius Tony. Adam some of the big news coming out of Chiefs camp the last couple of weeks is the uh Chris Jones not being at the start of minicamp and missing the ring ceremony what are the details of his contract and what is he looking for uh, in order to to stay a Kansas City Chief? Yeah, he's headed into the last year of his deal um, that, that pays him $20 million annually. And you know, that I think he's, what, eighth, I think, among defensive tackles behind uh, uh, Aaron Donald and, and, and others uh, in terms of um, you know, what he's being paid annually. And he wants to be somewhere – he wants to be second. I mean, I, I think uh, – I don't know if the Chiefs would give him Aaron Donald money, but they would certainly uh, going to have to make him the second highest paid – defensive tackles so um, you know they've got some work to do there and um, you know he uh, um, you know he, but he does have a contract so um, you know the, the, the rules prohibit or they don't prohibit but they make holdouts a lot more difficult than they used to be 
So maybe he shows up for camp and does a hold in. I, I don't know, but um, um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I thought it was interesting, Adam, when and you covered when Mahomes signed this monster contract, but he said he wanted to leave some cap money available specifically for the Chiefs to sign Chris Jones. Do you think Mahomes will do that again? Do you think he'll leave cap money out there so that they can keep this team rolling? Yeah, um, he, he uh, you know, that was the same year Mahomes signed his extension and uh, – uh, Chris Jones uh, re-signed a month or two later. So, uh, you know, that, that was the timing of it then. Um, you know, I, I don't uh, – you know, the Chiefs have done what they can do with Mahomes' contract in terms of restructuring. Um, you know, they turned some uh, salary into bonus money to sort of uh, buy themselves a little bit of um, – cap room this year but they've, they've done what they can do with Mahomes and uh, you know his contract is going to be an issue here pretty soon too uh, you know he, he's been he's what the fifth sixth seventh highest paid quarterback now after um, and he's going to fall farther down the list once Joe Burrow and uh, uh, Justin or uh, Justin Herbert get done so uh, you know he's you know the Chiefs are in a bind a little bit, but um, you know they, they've got some things they can do for, to take care of Chris Jones. It's just a matter of will how, how far are they willing to go? And it's interesting to note with the Chiefs that they um, you know they they had their price and they weren't willing to meet the price of some of their other premier free agents over the last few years. You know you're looking at guys like Tyreek Hill and. Orlando Brown and Tyron Matthew, the Chiefs, um, those guys got to the point and the Chiefs said, no, we're not doing this. And uh, so they traded Hill and they let the other two guys go as free agents. You know, they did re-sign Mahomes on what is widely considered to be a a team-friendly deal. They did re-sign Travis Kelsey on what is widely considered to be a team-friendly deal. So uh, um, the the Chiefs have a a point with everybody. But the, the interesting thing with Chris Jones is that, they met his price last time around. I think that's a guy they would be willing to do that with. He means that much to the Chiefs. So uh, so I, I do think that uh, something will get done with him probably, if not before camp starts, then in the early days of camp. Hey, Adam, one more thing. Obviously, I mentioned at the outset that Dick Vermeil is St. Louis's football coach because he won a Super Bowl here, and nobody else will ever win another one. Obviously, Andy Reid is Kansas City's football coach because of the Super Bowls he's won there. But how is DV remembered in Kansas City? Oh, I think a lot of people loved how entertaining that football was. I mean, whether the Chiefs won or lost during the Vermeil years, it was always you always got your money's worth you know you never left the stadium feeling like wow um, um I, I paid for this i paid good money for this so I, I think a lot of people remember him for that i mean they you know they were always a half a team when he was here of course mm-hmm. couldn't play a lick of defense and uh and that's that's in the end what got him but uh certainly fun offensively so a lot of people uh, have fond memories of him he uh came back for a little ceremony to, to um, acknowledge him getting in the Hall of Fame. Uh, last summer, he, he came back during um, the, one of the, at one of the home games at Arrowhead and got a nice uh, uh, round of applause. So, yeah, he, he's um, maybe not quite as what he is in, in St. Louis just because he didn't win a title with the uh, Chiefs, but, but certainly remembered well. The article is entitled Inside Hall of Fame Coach Dick Vermeil's Second Act at ESPN.com. Adam Teicher wrote it and joins us here on 101 ESPN. Adam, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and I'm sure as the season unfolds, we will reconvene. Thank you. Hey, anytime.
Take care. Adam Teicher, ESPN. He's great. He's covered the Chiefs forever and does just a magnificent job of covering that football team. Not a bad job. No. Nah. And I, I was going to, I didn't get to it. Sam Musial is always going to be the man, right? Stan, yeah. the man. I can't imagine that there will ever be a citizen in Kansas City that surpasses what Patrick Mahomes has become. He's going to be number one there forever, like Stan has here. I, I, yeah. I mean, who was that? Was it George Brett before him? Probably, yeah. yeah. I think going forward, it is Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs Town. Yeah. It is him. Yeah. It, it, he is him. Yeah. And he he's is in, him. He, I like that. Yeah. He is him. And he's invested, right? Part owner of the Royals, mm-hmm. part owner, yes. I think part owner of the soccer team. Bringing Whataburger yeah. to Missouri, that's very important. Yeah. So Mahomes, is, he's just terrific. Thanks to Adam Teicher for joining us here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the Cardinals win last night in Washington. They'll wrap up their series with the Nationals today. Our Rush Hour Reset is coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. The Cardinals just dominated the Washington Nationals last night. You know what the Cardinals have done here? Taking two in New York and two in Washington. What have they done? They've given us a number of the day. The number of the day. Who could ask for more? The number of the day is... Four. Four wins in a row for your Redbirds after that 9-3 route last night in D.C. Because of, ironically, D.C. Oh, <laughs> there, yeah, I see what runs. you did there. I see yeah, what you did there. For Dylan Carlson, a.k.a. Well, no, I can't call him Mickey yeah, Jr., no, can I? Yeah, can't do that again. No. no. But he's pretty good. Andrew well, Marsh. I just want to point out, yes. Yeah, Andrew Marsh, yes. yeah. Dylan Carlson is Mickey Mantle too far of a line to cross, but Paul DeYoung is Hannes Wagner. We're on week like <laughs> six of that. Well, he uh, is the reincarnation. Hey, All right, fair enough. Yeah. Why would you argue with that, Rock? Yeah. I'm not arguing. I just wanted to point out. Why would you, why would you worry about that? It sounds like weird, you're arguing about it. Weird it comparison like it. dichotomy, if you will. <laughs> we should point out that Jordan Montgomery was terrific for the Cardinals. He went seven strong innings. He allowed only one run on four hits, walked one, struck out six, threw only 94 pitches. And the Cardinals haven't been able to put everything together all year long, but it appears that they're kind of doing it now. Here's Montgomery. Uh, I mean, there's been times where we score runs and we don't pitch, or we pitch well and we don't score runs. Um, baseball ain't easy, and winning games isn't easy. You just got to do it right. Baseball's kind of like a... A wave, you just try to ride it the best you can and take what you can get. All right, all right, all right. Life was like a box of chocolates. <laughs> oh, you don't never know what you're going to get. Don't Forrest Gump him. He just has a little bit of Southern twang, a little Southern draw. She's, uh, she's going to protect the Southerners now. He, he's in a photo. Oh, Do, it right. <laughs> Do it right. Baseball's kind of like a... A wave, you just try to ride it the best you can. And and then? Yeah. It's, yeah sounds. Take what you can get. And take what you can get, which sometimes you never know what you're going to get. It's like a... Life was like oh. a box of chocolates. Oh, you guys never can't know do what Monty you're like this. Oh, Forrest Gump. I don't know. I what, too, you guys awesome can't movie. do Monty like Baseball's this. Baseball's kind of like a wave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that saying. And also for Monty, too, he's not a loser. Remember when he said yeah, that? He said, he I'm not, not a loser. Mm-hmm, he did. I'm not a loser. After losing seven straight, <sighs> Montgomery has won two in a row now. Also interesting 
of note, eight start of six plus innings this season, tying with Miles Michaelis for the team lead. We're talking about guys going deeper into yeah. games and being efficient. Monty was able to do that, especially in these last two outings for him. Well, the quality starts are important, and he hit the he hit the nail on the head. He said, "We got the the starting pitching and we got the hitting at the same time." That's one thing that they haven't been able to tie together, yeah. you know, consistently throughout the entire season. Either it's pitching and well, not hitting, not fielding, or or one of the areas is lacking. When you start to get all of the areas playing well, you start to see wins from a team. Absolutely, and it kind of goes yeah. down to the players playing he, well. It runs. It really does. It, it, yeah, it, it makes a difference when you're hitting, and when you finally put together a defense that isn't allowing the ball to fall in all the time. Yeah, that, and <laughs> there have been some really good plays by the outfit. As much as we've talked about it, we talked about Dylan Carlson, uh, Newt throwing a guy out a couple of days ago. Jordan yes. Walker almost threw a guy out yesterday at second base. He threw that on a rope. Um, Tommy Edmond made a great play in center field. When you are getting guys to give you help. It, it, I mean, you're going to have a better game and you're going to have better results for, for yourself and for the team. Now, the other results in the Central Division were not great for the Cardinals last night. You had two division teams playing each other, the Cubs over the Pirates by a score of 4-1. to one. The Reds have now won 10 in a row. They lead the Cardinals by 8. They knocked off the Rockies 8-6 to six last night. And the Brewers were 7-5 winners over the Diamondbacks, who have the best record in the National League. Uh, Ryanzi Contreras has uh, had the big hit. Uh, no, that's the Pirates Contreras. Uh, th- this is William Contreras, the brother of Wilson, who had the big hit for the Brewers in their win over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Does he also have two L's? Uh, Will yes, Young, yes. yes, he does. Just he, making sure. I, it would just it would be <laughs> funny, it, which I know you typically do. But if he just had one L, <laughs> since Wilson has the two, two. Yeah, that oh, that be. would be funny. That, they should do that. <laughs> that, would, that, that would make me furious. I'm really glad they did. That's like people. <laughs> that's like people who change like the spelling of yeah. certain names so that all their kids have a name that starts with C. I just why my does that phone bother you? I don't know why, man, but it, it, bothers, <laughs> it bothers me. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we we named her we named our kid Chris, so we have to name our daughter Katie with a C. Jeez, oh, uh, you are going to be the opposite, Chris with a K. You're oh. going to be the old man sitting on your lawn, just angered by many things. Kids dribbling the basketball. No, 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 no see, I'm not mad day. at the kids for having dumb names. I'm mad at the parents. So Victor Robles <laughs> is the second worst outfielder in de- in terms of defensive runs saved this year. He is behind only Kyle Schwarber. He's been really bad this year. Last night. As the Nationals fell to the Cardinals, Mackenzie Gore, their starting pitcher, I'll get to him in a second, wasn't happy with Robles' effort on a single by Jordan Walker in the second inning. And those two got into it. And apparently, according to uh, Dave Martinez, he said, they talked about it, we talked about it, it's good, it happens. But you hate when a pitcher is questioning the effort of his teammates. Well, who are you going to question? They they have their outfielders standing on the warning yes, track, I Randy. Could. What do you be mad at the coaching staff, man? They have they they're sit they're so deep in that outfield. Every ball hit in front of them is going to fall. Why would you be mad at the at the center fielder as opposed to saying, why the hell are we playing so deep yeah, all the time? Maybe you should look at the way your defense is lying. <laughs> Any ball that's hit yeah. over their head is going over the wall. Makes sense. We should also point out that it's going to be very difficult. And Mackenzie Gore is exceptionally talented. But it's going to be very difficult for any pitcher to succeed wearing the number one. It just looks stupid. Really? Yeah. You don't like it? Uh, not for a pitcher, no. For Ozzie Smith, I'm fine. With a shortstop, second baseman, even a center fielder, a pitcher wearing number one will never succeed at a high level. We have to dig into some numbers. There's never been a number one pitcher well, that had success? Well, not that's been good, no. <laughs> not one hmm. that's been good. Well, 
That's interesting. Yeah. Babe number. Ruth was okay when he was number three as a pitcher. But number one is Are you just saying no-go. that it's cursed because you're already no, it's just not, it's yourself? No, it's just not good. Single-digit pitchers in general, uh, 99% of the time, single-digit pitchers just don't work out for to you. To Randy's point, what number did Mike Leak wear? Eight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think, is Gossman number seven with the Blue Jays? I think he Gossman's pretty good. Um, but like Marcus Stroman is just a guy. Uh you know, you'd like to have him on your team, but he's not going to win any Cy Young Awards. Paid. He's, he's, he's yeah. Well, it's you know, there's a lot of guys. Paul DeYoung got paid, too. So, <laughs> I should have kept swinging that <laughs> bat, Randy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, do you do you have the uh, the Kevin Gossman number He's yet? 34. Oh, who's there? They have a single-digit starter uh, in Toronto, eh? Toronto, uh, eh? Hold on. Roster. They, they had one. Let's see. Uh, maybe they don't. Okay, I thought they had a single-digit starter there. So, okay, that's... Yes, Alex Manoa wears six. Okay, there you go. And he, he's, he's hurt right now. Terrible. He's terrible <laughs> this year. You know why? Because he wears a single-digit number. Mm. Oh, that's 100% <laughs> it. That is that is it never right thought there. about that. Yep. Hmm. Hey, we're going to be hosting the Big League Impact Cardinals in London watch party Saturday at Patios. Redbirds are headed to London to take on the Cubs, and you can watch the game on Saturday afternoon with us. Enjoy a fun-filled afternoon featuring, featuring trivia, games, your chance at autograph memorabilia, and Brook food. Uh, I like how you say that because I was about to say there's a bu- there's a buffet there, yes, and there's so you'll get to watch me just eye in the buffet all day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see anything on the copy. I love a good buffet. <laughs> I didn't see anything on the copy where Brooke got the buffet. Uh, the pro- buffet. Proceeds buffet. will benefit Big League Impact. Get more details on Big League Impact's Impact. Cardinals in London watch party now at 101ESPN.com. We've got a pair of tickets for you to uh, actually enjoy that buffet. <laughs> And uh, hang out with us and a lot of other people that are going to be watching the game. Uh, Matthew, how can people actually take advantage of the ability to get these two tickets? Now, it's it's, so this simple. is not a game where everybody's going to win. This isn't going to be like uh, that that what U nine baseball league or whatever. Somebody's <laughs> somebody's going to lose this one. And also, we're so kind, Randy, that you're, it's going to be something enjoyable you get to do to win these. All you have to do is listen to Adam Wainwright. Join us uh-huh. at nine thirty for Wednesdays with Wayno, and we're going to take a little piece of that uh, that little interview. We're going to ask a trivia question on it at nine forty five, and whoever gets that right, we'll do you know texture number twenty five. Let's say whoever gets that one right, they're going to be going to the uh, watch party with us on Saturday. They're going to have tickets to the buffet. They're going to have two drink Ooh. tickets per person. That's four total, and they're going to have complimentary parking. Again, I can promise none of that to you three. But I know for a fact that the winner uh, today we do is getting parking. that. We do have, we do have parking. parking. I, mean, I found that out. You didn't hear it from me. I saw it in an email. Oh, fair we're, enough. we're good to go. Well, where are you going to park, huh? He's not going. Oh, yeah, he's not. I'm going. Oh, he's going? Okay. Oh. He thought he was ready for the... So the we, parade already happened. They, they gave wow. us parking? <laughs> they, they said they did. in the email, we have parking and they will... Get us squared away, so we're that good to go. That just happened. Yep. We we do need to clarify if we get the buffet or not. That's the important. Now the that's question. the next step. I just think, act like you have. Act like you get it. Just, that's the thing. Just <laughs> act like it. If I can give any advice, just just do it. And yeah. when you when you go places and act like you belong, people generally yes. don't it's stop amazing. you. And if you're they just assume, let you keep going, yeah. like because you you're not looking around wondering, you just speed through yeah. and they, they yeah. don't bother you. No, he knows where he's going. Yeah. He's here. He's if you're in a before. shirt and tie and walk with a purpose, you can get just about anywhere. Anyway, you go. Yep. <laughs> That's today's Rush Hour Reset. Coming up, rock and roll on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
Let's rock. Let's rock today. time for rock and roll we've got adam wainwright coming up at the bottom of the hour about 13 minutes from right now actually 12 minutes from right now adam wainwright is going to join us but right now it's all about matthew well it's always all about matthew but it's, this is rock and roll it, it is yeah what do you got for us it seems a little uncalled for it seems a little i'm not bad am i really that's wonderful no you're okay. not you're actually not you you should be more you should make it more about you and i'm not saying that jokingly like sometimes you just gotta make it about me every now and then it's okay I, I do it, yeah, yeah, whatever. People don't like it, but they'll figure it out. They'll be okay. It doesn't matter what people like, right? It, it, exactly. Well, when it comes to the eyes of the world baseball, they're all going to be on the Cardinals and the Cubs in London coming up here, obviously, mm-hmm. this weekend. It's going to be special. We're going to talk to Adam Wainwright about it coming up here. But uh, Major League Baseball, pretty excited about this as well. Obviously, uh, it's been a while since their last London series state because of COVID. This Cardinals-Cubs series was supposed to happen in 2020, happening now three years later. Um, but... MLB seems to think that this can be the jumping off point for their European market, quote unquote. The UK has really been identified for us, London in particular, as the jumping off point for us to get into Europe. That's Chris Marinek, the MLB's chief operations and strategy officer. He said, we feel like we proved that out in 2019 by coming back and having a really strong showing. We're going to have the opportunity to really make headway for growth both in the UK and throughout Europe. Apparently, they're talking about doing Paris, maybe even Germany and the Netherlands next. Major League Baseball opening up another market in Europe. Do you think this will be successful? Got to start with making good jerseys for the Great Britain team. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh God, those they were bad. I forgot about off. that. No, no, uh, they should not. Great. That might yes. be my Halloween costume this year. Oh, that's a good idea. That is a great idea. But I do think that baseball, with the rules changes, can globalize itself. Maybe not to the level that the NFL has done, but those games will be sold out. I think because they have cricket and they have soccer, it's really hard to infiltrate the market. But if you can just get some people interested and get some of their athletes to play, maybe you can get a little bit of a foothold there. But baseball so far behind basketball and the NFL in terms of globalizing. For from a player's perspective, I I'm not a fan. Even you know we the NFL obviously does their games over uh, uh, in in London and they do it every year. I, I'm not a fan of it because I know the travel, the amount of time that it takes. And it just doesn't, you know, it's not something, it throws your schedule off. We are creatures of habit, and when our schedule is changed drastically, it, it, it really, you know, can throw you off a little bit. I understand the, the need to make money and, you know, and, and get the game to be uh, more spread out through, through different places, but I just, as a former player, I don't like that part of it. I can see that. You you went to London? I didn't go you to went London. to Japan. No, I, I went to remember Tokyo, you saying Japan. that. that was but that's pre-season. a long that, flight. And let me tell you something. I don't remember anything. <laughs> because by the time I got up to date on what time it was, it was time to go back. <laughs> it was it was awful. I, I can feel like that really could disturb the season, especially depending on what's going on in the season too. Luckily the Cardinals are gonna be going in, well, depending on what happens today. With a nice little run going on, I won't say win streak, but a nice little run going on. Four. I'm saying before. We'll see what happens today. Okay. We're we're going for the sweep. I can see how that. Did you say we're going for the sweep? She did. Oh. We're we are. It's we again. Yeah, I like it. Good. Last week, two weeks ago, it was them. I'm optimistic right now. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be happy, just like how you were talking about in the mornings. You're choosing to be happy. I'm choosing to be happy right (laughs) now about the Cardinals at this particular moment i need to see more the london trip 
is interesting. I wonder how much stuff that they're going to get to even do. Yeah, and I, I, first of all, they'll have the two days off. They'll fly tonight, mm-hmm. be there tomorrow, and it's really not that dramatic. As a matter of fact, I think one of the most interesting stats in the NFL is that it takes less time and less miles for the New England Patriots to fly to a game in London right. than it does to fly to a game in Seattle. Right. So, that's yeah. Yeah, and and the time change obviously mm-hmm. is five rather than for them four hours. Right. But I think that if played the right way by baseball, not necessarily the Cardinals, that it can, or any other team that goes there, it can be pretty cool. I do think you need to give them the two days off so that they can see some sights and acclimate themselves to the time, and then another day off coming back. But it shouldn't be that dramatic of a change for the Cardinals. I, I don't think that spending the four days and playing the two games in London should negatively affect them that much. I don't think that, but it could happen. So we weren't allowed or weren't able to go to London this year. The Cardinals are no. playing in Alabama. They're playing the Giants next year. As a tribute to Willie Mays. Yeah. It's the oldest professional we, ballpark in America. We should, we should be there. Let's do it. I, do, who do we need to talk to? Can um, we get some things squared yeah, away? Let's, we'll work on that now. Let's get it done. Yeah. Yep. Sounds know. good. I want to be there. Um, some not-so-positive news I want to touch on. Obviously, Chris Paul being part of the, the Bradley Beal trade to the Suns over the weekend. That's good news for, for Bradley Beal and, and obviously Jordan Goodwin, uh, former SLU player, as he was part of the trade as well. But something popped up in the reporting uh, of... Chris Paul's side of the trade. He said he was surprised by the trade. He was informed of the trade by his son, who who obviously was getting updates on his phone. But the big surprising thing to me jumped out when he was talking about that. He said, but when it comes through and my son texts me, I realize that, you know, Matt and Isaiah, I guess, just wanted to go in a different direction. So the Isaiah that he's referring to there is former Pistons uh, guard, former New York uh, basketball executive, um, former litigant in a sexual harassment lawsuit, Isaiah Thomas. This is not the Isaiah Thomas that played for the Celtics and the Suns, among other teams. No, it's the other one. I just mentioned all the other things. Yeah. Um, and because of that, mainly that last part, uh, when Matt Ishbia bought the Suns and mentioned that he was going to bring in Isaiah Thomas, the basketball world said, what the heck are you doing? And he said, never mind, I'm not going to do that. And yet, Chris Paul then says a few months later, Matt and Isaiah, I guess they wanted to go into different things. So Chris Paul kind of giving up the maybe the the, the hidden executive analyst that the Suns have in Isaiah Thomas. I don't like it. I, I honestly think basketball is better when, when, he's, uh, when he's on the outside of it. He only killed the CBA. Come on. The Continental <laughs> Basketball Association. <laughs> Well, pretty I, bad, I, pretty bad deal on his part. Here's the thing: you can be mad at Isaiah, you can be mad at you know uh, the Suns, Ishbia, you can be mad at whoever you want to be if you're Chris Paul. The fact of the matter is, he hasn't. He's getting older, and he, it is a young man's game. His body is starting to deteriorate in terms of being an elite, an elite basketball player. He isn't playing at the highest level, and he gets tired and he breaks down, and so. That's part of getting older in a sport that is that is for younger people. And if you're the Suns, you're going to do what's best for your team. And I mean, but you the, know what? It, because of the stature of Chris Paul, I mean, this is a guy that was the president of the NBA PA, right? He's a guy that has been one of the most one of the faces of the league with mm-hmm. the State Farm commercials. I think that he deserves. He's entitled to the respect of being called by the owner, James Jones, and said, hey, we're looking at this. You might get traded. We just want you to be on alert. Yeah. Don't be surprised if something pops up as your son looks at Twitter. 
That would be nice, but it's not always how it works. And sometimes things happen in real time, and maybe they were, maybe it happened quickly, and they weren't un, they were unable to get him on the phone. I heard he was on the plane actually when they when the trade went down. So that's how he, I mean, he had service in the air and found out through through uh, that that way. But I don't necessarily think they have to stop what they're doing and give him a call and say, "Hey, we're going to trade you." No, and by the way, okay. it's. Agents are going to hear about it, and agents talk to Woj. So, and, and uh, Bill's agent is the father of the CEO for the Suns, if right. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, that that relationship it was probably going to happen at some point. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm focusing more on the you get Sarver out toxic culture. The last thing you need to do is create another toxic culture. Oh, with Isaiah by putting yeah. Isaiah yeah. And, and then lying to the media and being like, no, no, he's not going to be part of our our group. And then having him apparently brought up as part of the the thought process there that yeah. just that seems a little bit sketchy by a guy who was seeming to come out all roses you know as, as the new owner in the NBA and now it's a little little kind of yeah. it's, that's a problem that's that's definitely a problem. Carrie, you worried about Draymond Green declining his player option for the Warriors? Nope, not at all. I mean, it's basketball. He'll he wants back. to get paid. He might be back. He might not be. He wants to get. I mean, he probably wants three to four years and close to a hundred million dollars. As a com- in and you want, you, to, you want to give him that as a Warriors fan? I want to give him whatever it requires to keep that. I would much rather trade Jordan Poole. Yep. <laughs> no offense, Jordan Poole. Monty Williams, with that young team in Detroit, wants Draymond Green. Draymond doesn't want to go there. He doesn't want to go back to Michigan? Uh, not, I mean, I wouldn't. Not if I've been a champion and you got a team that is not championship ready. What about the money? Uh, he's made a lot of money in his life. Oh. Can I throw out something kind of pie in the sky? Uh, Draymond Green sign and trade uh, for DeAndre Ayton. I like it. I don't. No chance. No way. Coming no up next thanks. here on 101 ESPN, it's Wednesdays with Wayno with Brooke, Carey, and Randy on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the opening drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's happening at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno is presented by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor. And things are going to work out perfectly as we effort Adam Wainwright. Because Saturday, we have our Cardinals in London watch party. Doors open at 1030. We'll have a buffet, including stadium staples like nachos and hot dogs and light apps from noon to 2. First pitch at 1210. Adam Wainwright will be the Cardinals starter. He'll be opposed by the Cubs' Justin Steele. So it's going to be pretty awesome. And they're going to have a silent auction. All games will be cash only. Complimentary parking available in the Lime lot across the street at... uh, 714 Sarah Street in downtown St. Louis. And Matthew and Brooke and Carrie and I will all be there. And we're looking forward to being a part of the Cardinals in London watch party. For information and tickets, all you need to do is go to bigleagueimpact.org. And tickets are 25 bucks in advance. And if you don't want to get them in advance, you can buy them for 30 bucks at the door. So it'll be pretty cool. And it'll, it'll be a great day. Hopefully the Cardinals will beat the Cubs and hopefully Wayno will pitch exceptionally well. It will be exciting. Yeah. And, and then you get to watch us here. If you, What's the next best thing than being in London? Having a watch party at Patios. At patios. Oh, I agree <laughs> it's a, wholeheartedly. It's pretty much like 
It's almost and, like being there. Well, no, it is. <laughs> and, and by the way, if you have do not been to a Big League Impact <laughs> event, they do everything first class. It, yeah. It's going to be worth your while and your time to spend time with us and with the folks from Big League Impact on Saturday. If you join the watch party, you're guaranteed to have a good time. So, yeah. Looking forward to it. The Top Golf event was amazing. What was that, two weekends ago? We no? had a great yes. time doing it. Two weekends ago? That, yep. that was great. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Today, the Cardinals have Miles Michaelis going as they go for their fifth in a row. This would be the longest winning streak of the year for the Cardinals if they can wa- knock off Washington again tonight. Can they get a quality start? Another, Another quality, quality start? start? That'd I be good to that have. would be the, the key for them. Yes. Can Miles Michaelis deliver that? That's what Absolutely. we're looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Waiting on that. Yeah, looking forward to it. And then the Cardinals with two days off tomorrow and Friday. They'll travel. We'll ask Adam here. I I, I wonder if they travel tonight after the game to London. Well, Adam mm-hmm. is with us now on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and Adam Wainwright, Cardinal right-hander, uh, a renaissance man, and uh, the founder of Big League Impact. Joining us he does, as he does every Wednesday for Wednesdays with Wayno. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing great. How are you all doing? Everything's fantastic. Thank you very much for the time this morning. I was just wondering with Brooke and Carrie, do you guys travel to London tonight or do you wait until tomorrow morning to travel? We travel after the game and we get in at 10 a.m. Allegedly. We'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> We've got some weather on the on the um, forecast today, too, so we'll see what that all means. Okay. Hey, Adam, I, uh, I was just talking about Saturday and, and the watch party. And one of the things they're going to have at the watch party is a buffet, and it's with general baseball food. But for any type of food, okay, it doesn't have to be baseball food, Adam Wainwright gets a buffet. You're walking down like a brunch buffet, and there's five or six items. What do you want to see in a buffet? Hmm. want to see ribs, fried chicken, uh, pork chops. Um, <laughs> Is there a vegetable? Fried, fried shrimp. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, after I've gotten a plate full of meat, uh, <laughs> I'll go back and make a big old salad. I like a big old salad bar. And then if there you got some mashed potatoes or sweet potato something on there, I'll, I'll do that. Um, and then I will put Every time, I will put about two or three or four skewers of um, of asparagus or broccoli on there, and then I will eat all of the meat, and I will eat all of the starches, and then I will dump the veggies, and I'll, I'll eat all my salad, and I will dump the, the asparagus or the broccoli off in the trash can. Oh my just, God. just put it on the plate just for the look of it. I put it on there with great intention. <laughs> you sound like you sometimes don't. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. Sound like you don't plan on doing anything after you eat all that. Like that's it's a, a that's a nap. Yeah. When you get done eating. Well, that's why we work so hard, Carrie. You know. <laughs> I agree. So you all get to London. Uh, you said tomorrow morning. Yeah. What, what are the plans? Do you all have anything scheduled, anything planned that you all are going to do as a team or individually? Oh, yeah. They're keeping us busy. Um, they're keeping us busy. So we get in at 10, and then that night we have a some kind of, you know, river cruise or something um, around to see, the, to see the city or just hang out as a team. I, I can't remember what it is. And then the next day is, is pretty jam-packed. I have uh, – 
we have a, um, a gala at night. Before the gala, we have uh, – what else do we have? I've got to do a two-hour um, double-decker bus tour of the city uh, for Major League Baseball. And then um, I'm missing something besides the gala. Oh, oh, it's a uh, – well, I don't even remember. It's something. <laughs> so it's uh, I'll think about it as as we go on in this interview. But it, it, it's you know I'm I'm trying to think. All right. Oh, it's a workout. Duh. We have a practice. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a we have a practice, and we have uh, so we have like I have to be there for 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 uh, media, like it would be a playoff series um, to do and talk to the media for at like one o'clock, and then we have a. We have a three o'clock or three o'clock uh, practice, and then you know that goes till five something, and then we have a gala at like seven or eight, and then you know then then I'm expected to get up and get people out. So. <laughs> right. You know, I was going to ask you during the course of this interview, Adam, if if this was going to be a family trip. It doesn't sound like, with, and, and you get to go to the cool things. So do you get to bring Jenny or, or the kids, or are the families coming at all? My family was all coming, and then my Bailey, uh, my oldest daughter Bailey, had to have uh, some pretty big surgery on her, on her the other day. So Jenny's got to stay home, and so the whole crew is staying home and and just you know playing, playing, uh, take care of the patient. You know, so mm-hmm. unfortunately they're not able to go. But you know, very very soon I'll be done with this game of baseball, and then we can go over there whenever we want to. Absolutely, and our prayers, by the way, to Bailey and the entire Wainwright family. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wayno, four-game win streak going on for you guys right now. A lot of players that are stepping up and standing out. One guy we've been talking about a lot, and rightfully so, Jordan Hicks, getting three saves in a row, six of Hicks, of Hicks pitches on Monday, eclipsing 102. How big are those outings for Hicks and for the team? Oh, they're they're absolutely enormous. Um, you know, the the – Great thing about what Jordan's doing right now, he he got an opportunity because when Helsley went down, Jordan has the stuff uh, to pitch in any role he wants to for the rest of his life. He has the best baseball pitching stuff that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I don't think anyone could argue that. He's throwing, he's throwing 104 miles an hour the other day with a foot of movement, you know, that just drops off the table. And then sometimes he throws a four-seamer so it stays straight. So, you know, I was talking to uh, Corey Dickerson the other day, and I said, man, how the heck do you hit that kind of stuff? He goes, you don't. It's just complete luck. You have to guess <laughs> the spot. You have to guess the spot, and you just have to just hope that he throws it there. And, and you know, Jordan's also kind of effectively wild, which is it plays, you know, as, as long as he's wild in the strike zone, it, it's impossible to hit. I mean, it just is. You know, he just – when Jordan, and I've been telling him this for years – when he doesn't walk people, he almost never gives up runs. He's mm-hmm. just so he's so talented. His fastball is just dynamic. His his curveball slider thing, I don't even know what it is, is is uh one of the best I've ever seen when it's on too. But you know what? This opportunity was big for him too. Because if he goes out there and walks a couple of people and gives up a couple of runs and then then, then the end of the game and it's big for us as a team. Then the end of the game is kind of an unsure thing right now. We don't really know who's who's ready for that situation. But also allowing Jordan to pitch in that role with his incredible stuff and 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 
and seeing him step up uh, mentally and become and it just seems like he's ready now. You know what I mean? It just seems like he was he was ready for this spot. And that's a that's a real thing, you know. Jordan's still young; he's 26 years old, and he got thrown into fire at 20 or 21 years old. And you know, he's he's had his ups and downs for sure. But but I, I think you're seeing a guy more mature than ever now. But but him stepping into that role and and locking that down also allows Geo to step back into the role that he's most comfortable in. I think in pitching that eighth inning, which secures the end of the game in a more solid way than we've had in a while. Wayne, you talk about Hicks and, and his stuff. Have you ever had a teammate? I, I've had a few, and I, I'll give you the examples. A teammate that you just wish you were able to do something like that. For me, watching Willie Parker run as fast as he could, I, I was never able to do that. Watching James Harrison in the weight room is uh, amazing. Until this day, it still is. So have you had a teammate that you've watched and be like, man, if God would have gave me that, whew, it would have been <laughs> outstanding, even the, despite the career that you've had? And Carrie, you hadn't seen me in the weight room either. <laughs> I have not. I was looking for you actually when we were at the uh, Top Golf. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to see you could drive it the furthest, but uh, but you were you were busy. You were a man of the people, talking to everyone. I was, but you you know these these heavy bands that I'm pulling, you couldn't do that. <laughs> um, you know, it's all look. The thing that I have coveted the most and tried to not because I just feel like it's probably like a almost a sin. <clears throat> Is always the fastball. It's mm-hmm. always a, it's been always it's always been a oh my goodness if I could just throw you know that, but like when my teammate Carlos Martinez was on the team and and uh, when he was young firing 101 102 mile hour heaters, I'd look at him and you know I'd say Carlos if I had your fastball man I would win the Cy Young 25 <laughs> years in a row. <laughs> I just you know. I just have to do so much with with so much less. And I was watching, I was watching Jordan pitch the other day, and so the answer is Jordan. But I was watching Jordan pitch, and uh, I thought, you know, this is a sad thought, but the way he pitches compared to the way I pitch is the way I pitch compared to a seventh grader. <laughs> <laughs> wow! No, he he throws fifteen miles an hour harder than I do. It's just the craziest thing I've ever thought about. You know, like I didn't even think that was possible. How could someone throw? I mean, you know, I make it possible by not throwing all that hard anymore, obviously. But he throws so freaking hard, I can't even believe it. You know, it's unbelievable. Ed Wayne right with us on 101 ESPN. Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago when you guys were in Texas and you were scuffling, we noticed on TV and we asked Ollie and some of your teammates about the fact that it just didn't look like you guys were having fun. And losing is part of that. But there were a couple of home runs where it didn't look like there was an awful lot of celebration. We're watching now and everybody's going crazy when something good happens. What's the difference between today and two weeks ago when you guys were in Texas? Well, you also have to know that some of those, I, and I saw that stuff, man. I, I saw the media is a tricky thing. You know that, Carrie. You know that mm-hmm. too. And 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 you know the the media can spin something to make it look even worse than it is. I mean, look, we were trying to, we were, you know, somebody hit a home run, we would go crazy, and then, and then, and then they would take the picture like thirty seconds later mm-hmm. when we're all sitting back in our and then post that like this is the Cardinals after a great home run. Like what are I can't believe they're not acting more excited. And you're like 
that's not what we did. Like, what are you talking about? You know? And, um, so, but, but in fairness, we, we also were like, we, you know, we would go crazy and then we'd sit back down, but we would be losing five to one, five to one, you know, it's, you, you know, if you were smiling in the dugout back in the day when Tony was the, the manager and you were losing one to nothing, he would come down and be like, what the heck is so funny? What are y'all laughing about? We're losing, you know? So, when you go on those runs where you're not winning, you, man, trust me, you want to be all fired up and excited, and and you're you know you're still fired up and trying to get the troops ready, but you know if you're losing five to one or if, you know just you know it's not easy. It's not easy. You can you can't fake it. That's the other thing. You can't fake it. Now there was some there was some 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 JV reporting going on by some of those people that posted things like that 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 you know showed us after the fact not excited like you know 45 like I said but it also is a true thing that you can't you can you can somewhat fake it it's just not as real and when you go on these these uh these these um months and weeks or whatever where you're winning and everybody's really clicking and coming together then it naturally happens where you are just out there excited and you're out there, you know, your, your emotions, even though you, you tried like the Dickens not to let it happen, not to go into those negative thoughts when you're winning, you're not, your thoughts absolutely naturally go to, Oh, this guy's about to get a hit. Oh man, this guy's about to make a player. This guy's about to make a pitch where that, those thoughts that you were fighting before we were like, man, I hope he makes a pitch here. Oh, I hope he, it's just hit, you know, it, it, when you're winning, you just, you know, it's going to happen. Does that make sense? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Winning, winning is the cure all I'm sure. Uh, well, Wayne, I also wanted to ask you about the outfield is starting to take more shape now with Dylan Carlson and Lars Newtbar returning from injury and with Tommy Edmond out there and Jordan Walker as well. How much confidence does it give you and others on the mound having those guys behind you? Yeah, it does. I mean, look, we had, for a while there, we had T.O. hurt and we had Dylan hurt and, and we had Lars hurt. And so those were, you know, that's our start. That was our starting outfield to start opening day. We had all three of them out and you turn around and, and you have, when, when that happens, you have guys playing in positions that they're not comfortable in. You know, you have Jordan and you had Yeppy and you had, um, and you had uh, Tommy, our second baseman playing out in center, which we've come to find out is a really great thing because he's unbelievable out there. But it just also, it, it, you know, as a pitcher, you turn around and you go, all right, when you've got guys that are comfortable in their positions and can really range down, it's just a natural thing where you turn around and you go, man, we're, this guy, if he hits it, we're going to go catch this ball, you know? And that happened last year. Um, I was telling this to Ollie the other day. That last year, I'm pitching in Pittsburgh, um, and I got a good game going towards the end of the game, and I get a 3-1 count on somebody, and a I look around and I go, well, I can't walk this guy. The only way they get into this, back into this game is if I start walking people. And I turn around and look at our defense and I got the best two corner players in, in the game. And we got a, we got Tommy at second and we got, you know, whoever's playing short at that time was playing good ball. And we had uh, Harrison in center and Dylan in right and Lars in left or something like that, or T.O. in left. And I'm going, this guy hits the ball, man. He's got nowhere to hit it. And I just, it gave me such confidence through a little buttercut thinker on the outside corner. But, but I really, it was one of those where I, you know, I, I made it so that he could really swing at it because I knew our defense was going to catch it. And he, he had a deep drive in the left center gap and Harrison ran, ran it down and made an unbelievable play in the gap. And I went, you know, I, 
I might have tried to be a little too fine there and walk him and put the next guy up, maybe put the ball in the stands, home run, gets him back in the game. Instead, I turned around, I knew our, our defense was was playing in such a way that gave me confidence to just – it didn't matter. I was It freed me up to make a pitch. Wayno, you talked about Jordan Walker. Are you at all surprised with – this is his second – 10-plus game hitting streak. He's playing extremely well after being called back up. Does does anything he's doing at this point surprise you? Well, Jordan Walker hits the ball hard. <laughs> it is. He hits it hard, man. And, and, you know, he was going through a stretch where he was hitting on the ground a lot. But if you hit it on the ground at 115, it's still hard to catch. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we've seen him make adjustments and start to, to get the ball in the air more more often now and, and take those dangerous swings, you know, those dangerous swings where even when he just misses you're like, oh, my gosh, that almost that ball almost beat us to London right there, you know. And <laughs> and, uh, and he, he's just such a big old strong kid, man. It's so impressive to watch his BP and his, his – uh, his, you know, he really does have – when he's really locked in too, he has really good plate discipline. You know, he doesn't swing in a whole lot of balls and stuff. So – and when he does swing at, at even balls below the zone or above the zone, he can hit them. You know, it's uh, he's got an impressive bat through the zone. It's fun to watch him hit. Hey, Wayno, one last thing, and I meant to let, ask you this last week, and I didn't, but you were in New York over the weekend. Your breakout, you arrived on the national into the national consciousness in New York in 2006 when the Cardinals uh, beat the Mets in the NLCS. What did you take out of that trip to New York knowing that it was going to be your last regular season trip to New York? Uh, I mean, you know, it's, I, I love playing in New York and I have pretty good numbers there. Uh, I like pitching against the Mets at home and there. I like, I love hearing the booze. You know, that, that fires me up, but it's not a place like Wrigley for me or, you know, someplace like that that I've had so many mem- memories at. And, I mean, it was – it's always fun to go back. But, look, I've kind of got to the point where I'm I'm kind of okay with everything, you know, as far as um, the time in of all this. I'm ready. I'm ready for this to be it. And, and it's been a great run. And I'm, I'm, and I'm excited about what's coming next, too, you know. So – it's been it's been fun visiting these places and and but I don't walk out of them going hey I'm never gonna see you again you know I, I, because I plan on doing some broadcasts and I'll be back into those places and and uh, we'll go back and visit but you know I have great memories of all those places what one thing I did take away which was nice uh, and very unexpected I, I got some some cheers and ovations from uh, from some of the fans. Uh, that were Mets fans. Not, we had a we had a pretty good traveling party there in New York too, of Cardinal fans. But but I looked up as as I was hearing the applause walking off the field, and there was Mets fans cheering for me, and I appreciated that. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure they just want me to get the heck out of Dodge. And so they were like, <laughs> yeah, get them out of here. But but also know that you know there's baseball purists everywhere, and and I I. I re- I, I respect that they they knew that was that was going to be it for me and 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 gave me an ovation. That's perfect. It's also perfect that you're pitching on Saturday. We'll have the watch party at Patios with Big League Impact and your crew over there, and we can't wait for that. And we can't wait wait to see you pitch in your fourth different country in London, England, on Saturday. Yeah, that worked out real nice, didn't it? One, one out of five chance, and that happened. Um, so Saturday, we'll we'll be. We'll be uh, doing the, the hosting the, the watch party there at Patios, and I will be pitching um, over in London. So 
pretty excited that I get to do that. Pretty excited I get to pitch in that country. I've never been across the pond, never been over there before, and um, I'm excited to, to be on the mound for our guys who are watching at home. But uh, we'll be the, the the tickets are twenty five dollars uh, ahead of time and thirty dollars at the door. Um, it comes with food and drinks and parking. There's going to be lots of games, raffles, and prizes, including uh, autographed Cardinals memorabilia and all kinds of stuff. And and I'm excited to be able to pitch over there. The, I'm, I, I can't really wait to see the stadium because I heard they made some adjustments, which is good because last time I saw a game there, it was six to six in the first inning. Yeah, you know, it's kind, right, of a, right. <laughs> kind of a hitter's a hitter's dream, pitcher's disaster nightmare. So. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what that's all about. But, you know, I also know they can't hit a ground ball over the fence. So that's going to be the goal. Um, also, last thing to announce, we do have fantasy football signups live on the website. So uh, you can check out our fantasy football league at bigleagueimpact.org slash STL fantasy football. Um, and uh, registration just opened. So that'll sell out quick. But we'll see everybody at patios. I'll make sure I give everybody a sign. What, what do y'all want me to what, – what's the sign y'all want me to give to all the players? There are all the people that are there. You know, I think if you just give us a simple thumbs up as, as you leave the mound after the first in, I think that'd be great. Okay, everybody, every, everybody listening, be ready for the thumbs up when I leave the stadium or when I leave the field for the, after the first inning. That's right? Yep. 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 And hopefully it's not 6-6 six, six when you leave. There's about, well, pretty gone, brother. But there's about a 26% chance that I remember to do that. But if I do it, you know, it'll be cool. All right. Adam, have a, have a great trip. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. I appreciate it, guys. See you, Wayno. Adam Wainwright, Wednesdays with Wayno on 101 ESPN. Uh, by the way, uh, the question to get tickets to the Bud Bash, which team event did Wayno forget about? When we were talking about this trip at the beginning of the interview, he was talking about all the things they were going to do. What did he forget about? Text in to the text line, and uh, that number is 314-399-9646. And we'll take texture number 50, because Adam is number 50, and you can win tickets to the, uh, not the Bud Bash, to the uh, Wayne Watch Party, the Cardinals London Watch Party on Saturday with us. Great job today by our producer, audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Brooke? Thumbs up. Thumbs up after the first inning. CD? Uh, We've got T-Mac and Ajax coming up with a balloon party next. Thanks for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.